Ignition sequence start. Three, two, one. Houston, we have a problem. We have a We on the ground. You got a bunch of guys about to turn blue. What you're seeing here is a mirage. Mirage. What's going on, everyone? It's Jaren from Jarenism back with yet another live stream, live video for you. It is Friday, August the 21st, and that means it's time for another Jarenism Friday Lounge. If you can believe it, we're up to number 40. Number 40 today, we called it More Solutions. If you watched last week, we went through some solution ideas. Uh, we talked about Earthships and some other topics like that, and I mentioned that maybe I could get on uh, Research Royal Rife, who, if you remember, he's done a couple Flat Earth documentaries. He was on my channel to do an FAQ a Flat Earth FAQ about his document that he wrote, and today he's going to be joining us to talk about some solution ideas. So it's going to be a fun show. We also have some other very quality panel members as normal, starting out with Bob from Globebusters. Bob, everyone's getting very excited about this coming Sunday, the 23rd. It's going to be uh, probably the biggest day in history. <laughs> no? well, I don't know if it's going to be the biggest day in history, but I am kind of looking forward to it myself. It has been several weeks since we have been live, and of course, uh, that was largely in part uh, due to the fact that we had a stupid strike, both on Globusters and Globusters 2, and the Globusters 2 strike will be expiring in a few days, but the Globusters strike uh, has already expired, so that's a mm. good thing. And uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, all kinds of interesting things that you're... Now, we're going to start out a little bit slow um, because of the fact that I am still... Uh, operating off of my laptop. Um, we finally did get a house, and but we don't actually close on it till the end of the month. And uh, then I've got my gigabit service line and all that stuff. And then I'll be able to get back to my master main system and uh, life will be good again. But uh, in the meantime, we will make do. All right. Well, you sound a little choppy, so we can we can definitely attest to that. So, uh, But it's exciting. I think one of the, I just read Conspiracy Music Guru's comment too, which I thought was funny because I was thinking the same thing. One of the best ideas Bob has ever had uh, for many of us, and I know a lot of you, is Bob is so tired of hearing about the corona the COVID-19, this deadly disease sweeping across the plane that, uh, you know, he says when Goldbusters comes back, we're not going to talk about it at all. So I was thinking of a little game where I was going to see, you know, can we go the entire show without it not being mentioned at all? And then I saw Conspiracy Music Guru put in there, we need to have a swear box and it's a $15 fine for any panel member uh, on Sunday who mentions the coronavirus. So I think we could do that and I bet you the total gets up to zero. We're, we're all that tired of talking about it. <laughs> It'll actually work quite well. Um, so that that's coming up Sunday, noon Pacific. Uh, we, so, Bob, have you decided yet? Are we doing just D Live? Are we gonna? Do we need to talk about that off? Is that where we're going with that? Yeah, oh. I think. You know, I think what I want to do is just do it on D Live and then repost afterwards. Okay. Um, you know, for for multiple reasons, I can talk to you about that afterwards. But sure. uh, yeah, I think that's probably gonna be our best way to do it. Okay. So D Live TV slash Globebusters hyphen FE, or it'll be on mine as well. So D Live TV slash Jaronism. Uh, either place you will be able to find the show and then like you said after it's done we'll download it and upload it to youtube on the globuster channel so you'll be able to find it uh we also have joining us the great iru landucci iru i forgot to tell you um i got a, a a copyright strike myself not copyright i'm sorry a uh, community guidelines for the same thing that you did impersonation right is it wow yeah it's no, so stupid well. what yes is, what but that? that thing it's uh it uh, is for for talking about the um the yellow liquid so Okay. Unfortunately, mine was we talking, cannot do anymore. Mine was talking about Joe Biden. So you're not allowed to show Joe Biden creep on little children at uh, Senate hearings and Senate photo ops. You're not allowed to do that because I got, and it's called impersonation. As if, I don't know, why would they call it that? It's the dumbest name of something. I'm not but impersonating him. You, you believe that strike, hello everyone, first of all. Oh, okay. uh, but you, you believe that was for the Joe Biden photograph or for the yellow liquid? Mine? No. Your opinion. No, I know. They, t they gave me a... Uh, community guideline strike for some, for a video I did a year and a half ago called Watching Joe Biden uh, at oh, the Senate. Okay. Yeah. But they called okay. it impersonation, no. which is what you got too, which makes no sense. When yes. you look at the details. Yes, but 
Yes, but the strange thing is that when I received the community guideline strike uh, talking about the yellow the liquid, the yellow liquid, mm -hmm. uh, I received the same type of penalty, right. which is something that doesn't have any sense at all. None at all. But they put that uh, tag on whatever they want. Yeah, I guess so. That's just their get out of jail free card or something, or go to jail, as we say so talk. Uh, yeah, so nonsense. So welcome to the show, Hiru, and uh, hopefully, so you are you. no longer in the land of the upside down, correct? No, right now I turn up myself. I'm more near the center, the pole, the, the North Pole. I'm in Switzerland in my um, girlfriend's house. Nice. So I am, you know, I changed my weather too from cold to hot. So right. I'm start breaking <laughs> a little bit my skin. Uh, but no, no, that, that, we have a great day. Uh, 34 degrees in, uh, in Celsius. I cannot transfer into Fahrenheit, but it's a lot of. I can't even go outside right now. I'll show you why with this little image here, if you can see. Uh, as you know, California got, you know, whether you want to call it directed energy weapons or whether you want to call it just lightning strikes is what the news is reporting. But there was tons of lightning uh, starting basically Saturday night, the 15th. Um, we were staying in Monterey and all night was you know, crazy thunder and lightning. The craziest thing about it, it was so hot the day before and there's no rain, no rain fell. But all these fires started throughout California. But I live in this city right here. Right in the we are center, surrounded surrounded by fire so you can't even if you go outside right now it's just completely smoky uh very unhealthy so yeah it kind of sucks my wife and i take a two-mile walk every day in the last two days we've taken our walk in the house and you've never felt like a bigger idiot than doing 350 laps through basically your hallway and kitchen just to <laughs> so you are bad. training like the corona yes now i feel like the them. yeah exactly and that's when it makes sense right so it's like i told my wife i was like well this would make sense if i actually went outside for once in my life with a mask this this is when it makes sense is when you can't even breathe the air and uh, i took a picture of i mean it just probably doesn't do justice but this is right outside my house looking up this is the sun it's so tiny it's this tiny little dot in the sky red completely red dot um, standing behind the clouds, but pretty crazy. All right, so we also have joining us uh, Rodrigo Ferrari Nunes. Dr. Rodrigo, how are you? Hello, hello, guys. How's it going? Yeah, doing good. Um, thank you for having me. And yeah, no, this thing with the impersonation, right? That it means pretending to be somebody else. Yeah, right? which that's I don't get. And that's even what it says in the. So, I mean, again, it, it like brings you to challenge it. And I did, I challenged it. I don't know how far that'll go. But if I can bring up exactly what they said, I will so you guys can see it because it's just ridiculous. Like, what? That's not at all what. I mean, all I was doing is sitting there and I was actually very careful, right? I mean, already I knew that was going to be a questionable video, so I was very careful about it. I said, okay, let's just sit here and watch Joe Biden um, and, and just kind of comment quietly. But again, the guy's running for president, so heaven forbid somebody points out his creepy ass tendencies. Uh, all right, we also have joining us, uh, like I said, he's been on my channel a few times before. We call him Triple R or Research Royal Rife. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Hiya, how you doing? I'm fantastic. No, we're excited to have you. And uh, yeah, so you have some solutions in mind, but I guess, I don't know if we talked much about the Rona when you were on last time, uh, but you know, what's your thought and how are things where you are compared to here in the States, I guess? Um, I, uh, I thought we weren't supposed to mention it. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's, it's kind of bad everywhere that I go. Um, really, the biggest problem is the businesses. You know, the people are carrying over whatever they hear and they're reciprocating that fear back to the people so that the businesses right. behave very poorly. And it makes it so that there's not that many places that I go out because I, I refuse to wear a mask. Maybe that's stubborn, but I, I just can't do it. I can't bring myself to do it. <laughs> and I don't like seeing people walking around with masks. So it just bums me out. We weren't going to talk about yeah. it on Sunday's Globebuster show. Today, there's no charge. You can mm. talk about it as much as you want. Nobody will get mad at you. <laughs> yeah, you can get away with it today. No problem. Today, you can get away with it. And by the way, uh, nice. Jern, is my audio any better right now? Yeah, sounds good. Okay, because uh, somebody... Is 
Whoops, I'm sorry. I said somebody in the chat said that here was a little crackly too. So I didn't know if that was on your end or let I shut down some things here to minimize bandwidth. Uh, hopefully I'm better. Sometimes, I don't know, let me just stop sharing my screen. That could be the issue. I mean, I'm also DLive and YouTube streaming. <coughs> Sysnine is also sharing my screen. Could be a problem. You don't need it on for right now. So I'll turn it off and see if that helps at all. But you sound better. I don't hear anything. Okay, well, that's good to hear. Excellent. Um, and I am I am thrilled that uh, Research Royal Rife is with us today, especially, um, you know, I came across his stuff years ago um, when he first put out those uh, couple of videos and, you know, I hadn't seen much from him. But uh, um, obviously the one thing that we definitely have in common is uh, we're big uh, Rife Machine fans. You know, I've got a Rife Machine, swear by it. I've been using one for a long, long time. And, of course, he named his channel after it. So there you have it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Talk, talk a little well, bit about it. It's criminal that people don't know who Royal Rife is. He was like the Tesla of medicine. Indeed. It was... It was incredible what he used to do. He's not like some garage mechanic or somebody who was just experimenting and stuff. He was a genius and he was well respected among other colleges and he had a lot of peers and his stuff was getting pretty popular and he was curing practically everything. And then it was as if he was just eliminated from history. <laughs> so, uh, and now when you look at some of the stuff with Corona, it's actually kind of topical. Well, of course, for the health reasons, but also because of frequencies in general, because people are now questioning whether or not things like 5G or other frequencies can be used to, you know, affect a human being and, and, and hurt their health, as in as opposed to what Rife would do with frequencies, which was cure things. So it's topical. Yeah, very definitely. I mean, you know, frequencies can be used both uh, deleteriously and uh, and to heal, uh, as can most things. But uh, I think Royal Rife's work um, on that was definitely on the good guy side. And of course, that's why he was kind of drummed out of medicine, which is which really sucks. But, you know, that's kind of the world we live in today, right? But the machine yeah. is still around, right? You can get it, and you you need to learn how to calibrate it. Is that correct, or well, how, to, how do you operate you, it? You can get it, but it's called basically it's just called a signal generator now because if they call it anything else or infer that it cures anything, um, the company selling it will be shut down and, and prosecuted essentially. But uh, yeah, they're sold as signal generators, and then they come with the uh, the booklet which gives you multiple frequencies to program it with, you know, in whatever condition um, that you want to treat. And uh, it's, it's amazing how well it really works. It's uh, you know, like I said, I absolutely swear by it, and a lot of people do. Well, what's so nice about it is it's it is it's meant to be precise. So when you have it's it's funny that they actually go after people who produce frequency generators because chemo, well, you know, the radiation therapy that they use for cancer patients is a frequency. <laughs> so yeah. how come they're allowed to use frequencies and then say that it can cure things which it can't? I mean, well, it doesn't. I, I don't even know. Radiation is just buying people time. Usually it's very rare that somebody will fully recover from cancer with radiation, but it's also because they add chemo for no reason. And then, yeah, so Rife had almost a 100% cure rate in, in his clinical trials. And it was because he found the resonant frequency or the harmonic frequency for cells. And the same way when an opera, opera singer sings, it causes glass to vibrate and then break if she hits like the perfect pitch. So it's it's really just a very precise technology. And he would spend day and night looking through the microscope because he was so devoted and so dedicated. He spent over something like 20 years researching different frequencies that could cause different uh, bacteria to resonate and then burst. So they're harmonic frequencies. And it's just, it's a very methodical science. It's not pseudoscience, you know, and it's well studied. The only issue is, is that nowadays, people aren't able to really replicate a certain part of his research process, which was his advancements in my, 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 microscopy. So he was, he had microscopes that were so amazing that they would fill up like the whole table. He had a very special technique called heterodyning, where he would filter light through crystals so that he could analyze bacteria in vivo, which is really, really hard to do because most of the time they just analyze bacteria when it's separated from the body. So they take it, they put it in a, 
you know, dish and look at it and they'd illuminate it from the bottom. And actually it's also really hard to get a high uh, magnification on bacteria without killing it. So Rife had this ability to not kill it because he was isolating very special frequencies. And he also noticed that certain things could only be seen under certain frequencies. So he would irradiate things and then he'd be able to see them. So what he did was nothing short of miraculous and brilliant. And it's really, I think the issue is, is that people can sell frequency generators, but they don't always quite know exactly how he did it. So they can- How do you well, see it, this, these on the, you said that you could see them in the body alive through an apparatus that he created with crystals? Alleged, allegedly he could see, he could see them on your skin. He could see like very small, small, small bacteria. And he was able to see them in a, in, in a live situation. Right, so basically, the way that it worked, Rodrigo, is, um, you know, the, the technique he used, uh, as uh, Triple R was mentioning, is the, the heterodyning technique. And essentially what would happen is he would use these crystals to cause a frequency heterodyne. And what a heterodyne is, is when you input a, uh, a primary frequency or a secondary frequency to a primary frequency, you will get a resultant frequency uh, both above and below, right? And these are the harmonic bands of it. And essentially what happened then is that optically it would bring the organisms that he was trying to view down into the visual spectrum, the visual light wow. spectrum, so that he could actually see it. Absolutely brilliant technique. Yeah, he's amazing. And radio, so, uh, if you clarify that, radio is also operating crystals, right? These are people that, that uh, how the, and that might be related to this, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he would. He, I know Rife would use certain crystals to isolate light frequencies, but I don't quite know how they do it with radio, to be honest. So, but suffice it to say, um, you know, he was given a dinner um, called the end of all disease or something like that. And of course, when the medical industry and the Rockefellers and all these people caught wind of this, well, they certainly couldn't let their precious pharmaceutical industry go down the tubes or anything like that. So they essentially made him out to be a complete quack and ruined him, you know, much like what they did with Nikola Tesla. And, uh, you know, that's that's what these clowns do. They're just, uh, they're really traitors well, to humanity. That's all they can do. Right? Well, actually, interestingly, I think it was, it was the head of the AMA at the time. So his name's... Lawrence Fishbein or something Fishbein, like that. that's right. Yep, that's yeah. right. And so what he did is, I think it was Hoyland who was his colleague, and I want to say it was Fishbein as well, but they had a, there was a court case against, uh, with Rife, and they, I know they were trying to steal his technology. And also, he, I think he won the court case, and I don't know if it was about him not having a medical license or something, but I know that one of his friends got thrown out of a window, like one of his colleagues, and then a lot of his other colleagues just didn't want to have anything to do with it, so they just stopped talking to him. And it just stressed them out. And I, I don't know if that's when they burned down his lab. A, a lot of his stuff survived, but the point was is that they were they were really screwing with him. And by the time I think he got to court, they said he was just like drunk and, and unable to put a you know a sentence together because he was like really nervous or something. I could be getting the story like a little off, but I think it's something along these lines. So it, it he was just a wreck. And then eventually he just fled to Mexico and you know and just kind of disappeared from the scene. Uh, yeah. However, the thing is is the frequency generators, modern ones, do work actually. Um, I've used it and it's it's useful, you know, if you have like a cold or they have hundreds, they have thousands of different frequencies that they use for almost any condition you can imagine. However, it's really important to point out that Royal Rife himself probably only analyzed maybe, maybe 50 different, maybe a hundred, I don't know, maybe a hundred different types of bacteria. So there was only- So a, there's no continuity to his work? Huh? Say that again, Rodrigo? Uh, there was no continuity to his work, no students taking it up and, or, or that's what happened when- there, there's some, but the issue is, is that they can't easily replicate his microscopes and the techniques that he. Yeah, which is something that stands today as an accomplishment absolutely unmatched um, by modern technology to, to in microscope in microscopy is absolutely incredible the optics that this man put together. Is there a patent for this? Is there a way to see some of this? 
There is his, I think they have one of his microscopes with the Smithsonian and they did a report on it. So it's been validated for sure. I don't know if there's still microscopes around. I think I saw one on eBay once and it sold for like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Probably the government, the military bought it. They're like, oh, whoa, what's that doing here? <laughs> they bought it. Um, but yeah, I think the thing is that there are modern researchers who do work with frequencies and they've proven it. In fact, there was a TED talk with some guy who was like kind of almost like pawning the technology off as innovative or his own. And every single comment on the TED talk is like, um, you forgot to mention Royal Rife, like the guy where you got the idea from. <laughs> and he's showing like them killing cells with frequencies. He's like, look, see, it only hurts the, this specific cell. And yeah, so it's people do it. They, re they replicate the research because um, it's not that hard. Essentially, once you do isolate the frequency, it will only kill what it is that you're trying to, you know, uh, kill. But also, I, I should argue that it can also stimulate. So they can use them as healing frequencies to stimulate things like, you know, your lymphatic system or your immune system or whatever without actually hurting anything. So there's a lot that you can do with, with harmonic frequencies. Which is scary and, because yeah. if you put that in the wrong hands, which we probably think that it has been done. <laughs> right, it's been there. Right. I mean, with right. the amount of things they can send out. And then again, you would say, well, they can't, you know, they can't hurt people because they're too far away. But then all of a sudden you hear 5G and they're putting these things every 50 feet. And all of a sudden you start uh, imagining some craziness that could be going on in the non-visible spectrum. Right. Also, it's worth pointing out that when you have something like 5G, people are always arguing, oh, it's not strong enough, you know, it doesn't pierce the skin or it doesn't do this or that or whatever. I don't even know if that's true. Uh, but it's actually not so much about the signal strength when you're using harmonic frequencies, because if you use a harmonic frequency, it's causing very specific things to resonate, you know? Right. So I don't, I don't know that it matters if it's, if it's able to pierce the skin or not. I, I could be wrong, but I, I would think that it, there's a lot of very insidious and sneaky ways that you can use frequencies against people without them knowing. Absolutely. For sure. Bob, uh, we got a super chat from F. Eugene Griffin. He said, Bob, did you leave Colorado because of the December 21st eclipse? I live in Springs and I'm not sure this is a safe place or any city. If so, why did you choose the Carolinas? Thank you. <laughs> okay. Well, I chose the Carolinas, um, A, because it's beautiful here. Um, B, because the population is a lot less. C, the cost of living is way, way lower. Um, and um, we also have a lot of friends out here, a lot of flat earthers out here. There are actually a multitude of reasons why we chose this. But the primary reason why we left Denver um, is not, not anything to do with any uh, eclipse or anything like that, because that's going to affect a lot of areas. But uh, it was just simply the congestion, um, the you know 5G was starting to roll in. And uh, you know they're actually starting to build those towers down my street. Um, <laughs> so I'm just looking at that going, this isn't good. And of course, you know, they can weaponize those things by simply turning the power up on them. And, uh, you know, that's a subject for another another day or another discussion. But um, there were just several reasons that uh, I got out of Colorado. And I mean, I, I was born there. I grew up there. It, it broke my heart to leave it. But uh, everything in my fiber was telling me this is not the place you want to be. And in fact, no city is. So there, there you have it. Right. That's the answer. So that's what we're going to talk about today, some of those uh, solutions. So hopefully we can get into that shortly. I will show just a couple things, I guess, um, and ask some opinions. Uh, but I don't know if you guys saw on yesterday's show, uh, David Weiss, myself, and Alex had a good laugh at this story. Uh, it's just so funny. From the Mere Man Post, mind-blowing TikTok from highest point in Canada to disprove the flat earth theory. So you're thinking, okay, this guy's going to show some sort of video from some sort of high peak where there's some, and this is the, this is the picture they're talking about. So, and it even goes on to, <laughs> it's so dumb. And I mean, the, the article, oh the article actually says, and there's no kidding here, that <laughs> it, it's ridiculous. It says, this is my test to show you that the earth is truly round. Um, and let me see where it says exactly here. Somewhere in this article, it says, this is proof that the earth has a spherical shape. This video, um, which is just, uh, I, I can't even believe it. God, you have to wonder how many retards bought that too. I mean, it's it's scary the stupidity level wow. of people. 
Yeah, it's ridiculous. And they call us dumb. Yeah, here it is right here. After extending the pole, Mr. Harrison's camera filmed mind-blowing footage of the Earth showing its spherical formation. And it's like not even a joke. They're, this is their this is their proof that the Earth... Oh, man. Yeah, so no kidding. That cannot be true. No. That's the truth. They really think... I refuse to believe. <laughs> believe it. I'm telling you, believe it. You cannot be so dumb. Oh boy, so stupid. I don't even know. Is it is that mere oh is that mere website are they a joke? Because everything I read on that it's site. They must yeah, be. They have yes. a section dedicated yes. to coronavirus. Oh god, yeah, the coronavirus section. Um this one here, car sized asteroid narrowly misses Earth and NASA admits it didn't see it coming. No, uh, this is a joke website. <laughs> yeah, they have gotta be like the onion. Yeah, no, no, it's not. It's a real it's not it's like it's a weekly world news. It's real. It's a mainstream UK thing. Yeah, no, 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 no. The actual web page is an actual web page dedicated to making jokes, <laughs> like User Today, for example, which is an Spanish um, Spanish website that you know all the time making jokes. For example, uh, one of the last one was like, um, unfortunately, everybody's gonna die, you know, and make a report with actual reporters making like uh, everybody is sad because they came aware they're gonna die, you know, things like that. I believe this type of website is. Uh, that kind of uh, I think you'd be I think you'd be, I, I think you'd be sad to realize it's actually a real website. But you can look into it. The mirror.co.uk I think it is supposed yeah, yeah, to be yeah. real. It's for real, man. Uh, you know, real but they tell you all these great like NASA. Oh, no. Yeah, NASA. I refuse to believe that. No, yeah. I don't analyze this. Believe it. It's impossible. No, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's I mean they just talk about the greatest. This one here, asteroid impact created water on Mars. I mean they could just say whatever and people just uh, eat it right up. So um, yeah, believe that if you want. Or not um i don't know if you guys saw where did i see it today that uh, australia is talking about now with the vaccinations coming you know no jab no job so if you don't get or no jab no nice slogan yeah nice slogan though. the worst slogan i've ever heard yeah if you don't <laughs> you don't get any government benefits if you don't get the um vaccination essentially terror oh, this yeah. is kind of terrorism what's going this is bible prophecy coming right down the pike you know exactly what it says in revelation 13 right and yeah. talking about uh, in, uh, I sent an article uh, showing that the guys from the Qantas uh, flight company, uh, if you can open, the, the, the it's, it's amazing because the guys use like a cover uh, for the uh, two oh, engines. I showed it uh, yesterday. With a, with a ah, you showed uh -huh. it yesterday? I didn't see it. No, but I'll bring it up again. I, think I was on the flight. I think you're broadcasting from the quantum frequency as well with you because you're getting like a double voice. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if YouTube, my YouTube. website is open. There's some much. reverb and it, it may be the cause of that kind of laggy. I don't know if you're getting it, Jaren. Yeah, I am hearing it a little bit. I think maybe I have too many windows open. I'll close some in a second, so we'll go through some of these articles. But let me open what you were just sent real quick. Um, Is anybody's speaker too loud, perhaps? Because then that could be causing... No, it sounds speaker. like... it sounds like I think it's actually this website here. Let me close this one. You know those websites that constantly have video playing? and it's, I don't know. I hate websites like that. It's just nonsense. Okay, so this is the video that we're watching? Oh, yeah. This is what you were talking no, about. No, no, not the video. Yeah. Open that image. Got gotcha. it. We have it. Yeah, so people can see this is a Qantas airplane. And look at yeah, the covers. See, the covers are the square and compass and the pyramid with the eye. What yes. do you think, Iru? And this cues? And this cues is like they have very creativity people working mm. on the graphics. Oh, boy. Very creative. Yeah, that very is creative. Excuse, man. <laughs> and what is this article talking about? Uh, on Reddit, some suggested the images were photoshopped, while others assumed it was Qantas having a laugh. Uh, no, I mean, again... No, it was Qantas, yeah. So this, this, they are real? Yeah. Yes, yeah. completely real. Uh, the article is just talking about the uh, rupture or bank road, bank break, how, how you call when the company gets completely... Bank bankrupt? Bankrupt, yes. Yeah. Uh, the company was like uh, $2 billion down 
and I don't know, 20 jobs, 20,000 jobs lose and uh, a lot of things. They are talking just that and about the, the business itself. And of course, the plan was, uh, you know, bring to other place uh, to stop there uh, while it's not working. So they cover the, uh, the motors and they use that type of symbology. I'm very curious. So yeah, the other things that we've uh, seen this week. So this one defeat COVID-19 by requiring vaccination for all. It's not un-American, it's patriotic. So it is patriotic mm -hmm. if you allow them to inject, you know, latex rubber, mercury, formaldehyde. Well, uh, remember that playbook, right, that we were looking at? Right. That had the, the research from Yale? Right. That they were testing the subjects with the with the messages. There was right. like a shaming message. Uh, you're a stupid message. You don't trust science. You're not brave. Are you going to kill people? We didn't see the one that said patriotic, though, but it was probably, it's probably mm -hmm. right in there with it, right? Similar. It's like you don't care for your community kind of thing. Right. Exactly. Uh, you know, and while the measures that will thing be, I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And while the measures that will be necessary to defeat the coronavirus will seem draconian, even anti-American to some, we believe that there is no alternative. <laughs> Simply put, getting vaccinated is going to be our patriotic duty. So um, I will include all these links in the description if you want to go through any of them. Uh, this one here, doctors demand that the government, uh, I'm sorry, doctors demand government punishment for Americans who refuse uh, the COVID vaccine. A group of doctors has demanded that the government put together a plan to punish people who refuse to take a COVID-19 vaccine with tax penalties, a denial of many government services, as well as encouraging private companies to deny employment to anyone who rejects wow. the vaccination. What? So there's a lot of people out there saying that, you know, they could never force it on you. And I do agree with that statement that they cannot uh, come into your house and, and, you know, jab you. That would be an assault. Uh, but mm -hmm. they can do these kind of things, which are to shame you. Oh, to not good. Allow you. Who, wants, who wants to work for the government? You know, right. well, they're, they're saying, doing you a favor. They're denying you government position well, they're in a government even, job. They're saying even uh, they well, want they private companies to deny employment. So you know, I pay them to deny you. Oh, sir, to yeah. your, so, so basically, they can they can just tell Walmart. So simply, Walmart, you know, you can't employ people. Not that you and I agree with you, uh, Triple R on this. Too, who wants to work for Walmart? But um, you know, they can just. Well, they did it brilliantly too, Jaron. I mean, because what they, essentially what they've done is now that they've killed all the small businesses that are out there, right. uh, they've eliminated, eliminated the diversity of employment, right. um, those who probably would not comply. And now all the big rig companies that are left over, now if you want a job, right. uh, you know, they're going to imply, you know, implement that rule. So yeah, it's just disgusting. Right. So all these small businesses are gone. All these small restaurants are gone. So, you know, what's the ones that are left? Well, Chili's or something like that. And then, you know, you can easily make it. So if you want to be a server or anything at Chili's that you need to have your vaccine paperwork. Then the next question will be, well, how do we know who's got, you know, how do we how do we keep track of that? And then they'll say, well, we need some sort of vaccine or a COVID pass, right? And then there'll be these paper passes that will come out and then they'll start getting um, basically counterfeited. People will make their own and stuff like that. And then when they say, well, what do we do next? Well, thank goodness for HR 666. Thank you, Bill Gates. Uh, we can actually put embeddable ink tattoos and inject those into people and then they can be easily scanned from your iPhone. And they'll tell you right on there and you can't counterfeit that. That's probably coming. Um, uh, go ahead. So yeah, I was wondering, are all those tabs that you have there, is that stuff that you were planning on reviewing for the show? Or because if we probably should get to talking to what people can do about it, you know? Absolutely. I totally agree. I don't think, uh, so this one was good. This one here. Did somebody send this earlier this week that, uh, uh, but I always include all these links. All these links will be in the description. So if people want to read up on this stuff, uh, this is a great article. Read the fine print, vaccine package inserts, reveal hundreds of medical conditions linked to mm -hmm. vaccines. It's a good article. So check that out if you want to. Uh, what else do we have here? That one's not important. Uh, this was a, a pretty good research article uh, on face masks by a PhD scientist. So if people, again, I like to give that link just because I always get the same people saying, well, where's the PhD scientist telling us that masks are bad for us? You know, it's just you guys. So this is a good article if you want to read that, somebody putting that out. The other thing I thought was crazy just because I used to be a store manager of a pharmacy and believe me, I know who these pharmacists are and they are not people you want in charge of you know, <laughs> injecting your children with vaccines. But the United States just passed a law that says pharmacists in all 50 states 
uh, are now have the ability to give children uh, shots uh, beyond just a flu shot or anything like that. So I'll include that link as well. And yeah, I guess there's pretty much nothing else. I saw, you know, if you want to talk about something funny, was this, uh, well, the governor of what? Um, no, not that one. Did you guys hear? Oh, Louisiana has banned dancing. Probably the funniest thing I've ever seen. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. So you're not allowed to dance in uh, Louisiana anymore, which is great. Uh, these things, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny reported that uh, some restaurants are starting their servers having to wear these dog cones. <laughs> I swear. You, dog cone, man. Yeah, you think it's a oh, joke, so and then you're like, no, that's real. You can follow it along and find out that that is real. So I'll include that link. Uh, it's an actual Coca-Cola style. It's like a dog cone, and you know when your dog gets sick, so it doesn't eat its wound and stuff? <laughs> that's what it looks like. Yeah, no, that's what it looks like. It looks like a dog cone. Uh, and this one's Sweden's... That's humiliating. Oh, it's yeah. ridiculous. so degrading. And it was, the governor of Maine. Sorry, the governor of Maine has uh, ordered restaurant staff to wear anti-COVID visors upside down so they resemble dog cones in order to direct breath upwards. <laughs> oh my God. Again, you think that these sites oh are jokes, God. and they are not. So um, I have all those... This links. is literally what the onion... I know. What something like the onion like, would yeah. make as it's phony true. news. And last year, you would have said, oh, that'll probably never happen. Right. And, then <laughs> and now it's like now. every day is something new and ridiculous. Yeah, so that's pretty much uh, all the little tabs I had, but I do want the show to go into the direction of more solutions. So I, I have one question sure. on the microscope. Just, just if it's fair to characterize it as some sort of a holographic microscopy at all or not? Uh, no, it, well, it's more just about the techniques that he would use to illuminate things. Mm -hmm. So he would use different irradiation techniques or like microscope itself was focusing with these crystals with this resonance frequency and that would bring up he found out he discovered that that can bring these things certain so depending on the frequency bring different kinds of bacteria into view is that correct or not? correct yeah and in fact even back then i think they probably used the word like virus and bacteria almost interchangeably right. you know what i mean because they said well they could bring in really small living microorganisms and what is yeah. really heterodyne just means multiple multiple signals? Multiple Heterodyning is just mixing of frequencies, um, and you get a re resultant frequencies. In other words, you put uh, uh, 100 hertz and 200 hertz together, and you get a, a, a additive frequency and then also a differential frequency. So that's what heterodyning means. It's just meaning mixing two frequencies or more gotcha. together to come up with a new resultant frequency. Yeah, I, I discovered something like that uh, doing recording of vocals. Uh, when you do several vocals over and over, uh, singing, and you tune them, sometimes you get, I don't know how that happened, you get an extra voice that it, it just, you never sing that voice, but it pops out. It's like some sort of octave. It seems to be coming together from, from what you're talking about. Do something similar, phenomenon similar to that, the harmonics of the voice, uh, because it's not just a simple note. It has all these harmonics with it. Uh, when you add your own voice, and you get this extra voice. It's like a ghost voice. It's really weird. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. But, yeah, I send a picture. Can you, can you uh, share sorry, a link can with uh, holography type of viewing cells and uh, things inside the cells, for example. Can you share your screen here? Be similar. Rather than me opening, because I'm having some issues with my bandwidth. Okay, I, I, I only my... have only one monitor, so okay. Maybe uh, this is. Uh, um, I was. Well, I, I hear myself. Let me just stop the share screen and reshare without audio. Okay. Maybe it's going to be getting better. So right now it's okay. Yeah, we can see it. Okay, no, maybe because I remember uh, like one month ago, I was working, uh, helping the guy who create the yellow mm -hmm. <laughs> substance, the yes. yellow liquid. And I was working on animation uh, showing the how it works inside the body when you drink it. And he sent me at the end of the animation, must, you know, I, we need to recreate something like this. And you mentioned the holographics techniques. And I don't know if this is something related with that, but maybe for showing to the people, yeah, to the audience. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, here you can see, for example, wow. uh, cell, this is actually cellular cell, cells. Wow. I don't know if I, 
uh, and the ti- <laughs> tiny dots, yeah, tiny dots. Uh, this white dots, this white spot in the middle is like the energy producing by the cells in cell. So it's very, you know, it's it's a very very hypnotic thing to view. I don't know if this is the type of things they, uh, that you are talking about, but this is another one, for example, how it's connected one with each other and send it uh, a message via electricity. And uh, this is the full article. You can read it. Uh, you can read about how this technique works and how can you see, uh, you know, things uh, with what we call viruses, things mm. like that, um, working inside the cells. I don't know. I, I'm wow, repeat, I don't know if it's the same technique, but here is a full article. Uh, of the is that an actual this this thing on the left? Is this from the actual microscope? What's uh, yeah yeah? This is real whoa, real time incredible. images uh, video. Uh, of course, it's not. Uh, I don't. I don't believe. I, I didn't read it completely. This is isolated uh, plot. You know, cells. Uh, this is not something like you put inside of a human while mm-hmm. and you see it. Yeah, it is. It's obviously static, right? Something has been. Yes, yes. Exactly. Very, very difficult to do that just to keep the thing static. Yes, they take it out from your bloodstream, uh, bloodstream, they put under the, this type of microscope with this technique and they, they can do these things, you know. But I believe it's something related what uh, what you are talking about, so maybe just for illustrate uh, about this. Wow, this but this is actual cells uh, working, you know, with uh, hey. producing energy and that kind of stuff. Yeah. This is a Hey, so I have, um, I, I actually have a video of Royal Rice Lab. So if you want, I can screen share and I can show you. So because seeing is really just believing, you know. And I think if you if you see like he blows up cells with frequencies. Mm-hmm. There's a guy uh, I think it was Crane who covered it. Should I share my screen or no? You were, yeah. did you, what was the one other link that you sent right before that? Do you want to share? No, that the other the other link is just uh, Bill. Ga- it's an int- full interview uh, of Bill Gates talking with the guys in the magazine The Economist, which is something mm-hmm. like an oracle. <laughs> Nowadays, right. uh, saying that the pandemic thing is going to finish um, 2021, and you know, a, a lot, a million of people is going to die, you know, during this pandemic uh, thing, and blah blah blah. I just pasted on the chat because maybe in some point of the uh, show we can talk about it if, if, if it's related. But okay. it's called yeah, Corona yeah. News. Yeah. Triple R. When you share your screen, make sure you share it with audio if it's got uh, sound with it. Oh, I can do that. I didn't know I could do that. You betcha. Yeah, just click share. Okay, I see share computer sound. Yeah. Cool. All right. So you can see my screen now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did see somebody's screen. I guess that's yeah, yours. Yeah. That's you. Yeah. It is. Okay. So you see this lab here? Well, this is yep. not really the lab. But... Okay. So I'm gonna play this. How, how fast is the frame rate, or is it? It's good. We can see it. Like... Importance of this picture is to find the quickness and the effectiveness of the right frequency Only split seconds. See, you see how it's paralyzed and starts to You know, notice how the ground felt. That's amazing. I think he does another here. That's the turn. Here you go. Well, is it is the same thing that they want? These guys want to make us FIT. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but in, in, in this small scale. Jern, <laughs> were you sharing that? Yep, should be on the screen. Okay, so they're saying they're not seeing it, so I don't know, let's see. But you're seeing it, right, Darren? Yeah, it might be behind it. Yeah, we see it. The other ones are just swimming around and acting like nothing's happening. Yeah. But to that particular organism, it disintegrates it completely. And I don't think it's going to get up and walk away, I guarantee it. So if I raise my volume, does that change the volume of the audio? Very precise. Yeah. So like lower the volume to like halfway. 
Okay. We will now be shooting same organisms, but with a uh, negative color to find the effects. Again, instantaneously, the, animal, the organism is paralyzed. And again, just disintegrates. In this particular organism, it's integrated from both the top and the bottom half. You see the one at the bottom is completely disrupted. Whereas the one at the top is blew up on both ends. And he, he gets the smaller ones too, but also I want to show you, if you can look here, uh, Crane goes over Rife's microscope. See this microscope here? It's... This is one of five instruments that Rife designed and built with the help of his colleagues. This is a million volt x-ray. This is a stop motion photo micrograph machine that was used to make uh, delayed versions of the growing of flowers or the growing of viruses, growing of plants, growing of worms, which are all recorded. This is a Ruskania research camera, 35 millimeter that Rife used in his work. And this is a number two microscope, a virus microscope. It's a, a prismat, prismatic instrument. And this is a number three universal microscope, prismatic type. That embodied all fields of microscopy, including dark field, polarized, uh, polarized light, infrared light, ultraviolet light, and monochromatic beam light. So yeah, this this um, video it's it's so good. I would recommend your listeners just to really just watch the whole thing. This is 45 minutes of uh, him going over Rife's lab. I think they also show Rife and the nerve of like Wikipedia and other places to say that he was just kind of like you know they dismiss him as a nobody. Of course, are, are you kidding me? Like look look at this microscope. It is a <laughs> Freaking masterpiece! It's, it's like a, <laughs> it looks pretty. Tense. I can't even fathom this thing. Like, there's probably higher quality pictures. It doesn't even look like what you expect from a microscope. Like, it looks way more advanced, right? No, it's like alien. It's like this stuff. His lab. I mean, how dare they call him or they treat him like a scammer? Well, they, Wikipedia doesn't say he's a scammer. They just say that people use his technologies to, you know, make uh, devices, you know, to, to take advantage of people, which is actually probably true. There, there probably is companies on the internet that are not are not good and. They try to sell the idea of you know being able to kill anything with frequencies, but in my opinion, if it's not rife's frequencies, then there's uh, there's really just no point in um, in in well, I would say I wouldn't believe in it wholeheartedly. You know, I would only go with the frequencies that he worked on, and but they have that in the books. And interesting enough is actually they, I think they have to sell the book with the frequencies separate from the devices mm -hmm. because they don't want to somehow avoiding the liability of being accused of you know trying to yeah. sell a cure to something or something like that. So it's really frustrating about all the different. Uh, you know, holes that they make people jump through. Um, but yeah, this is basically a solution. And I think that's the thing people are probably, one of the one of the obvious things that the government's trying to do is to make people afraid. So what you would want to do is not be afraid and come up with ideas of what you can do in your personal life. And I know that last time you guys talked about going off grid and, and earth ships and stuff like that. So I definitely have something to add to that because I run a brick making factory and I'll show you some pictures of that here. So this is the factory that I run. And this is like a weighing batching machine right here. And this is this will combine the different ingredients like sand and clay. And then it goes on this conveyor. This, this machine right here crushes the clay and makes it into a powder. And then there's a sifter under here and a mixer. And here's a block press. So um, that's the block press right here. But actually, I, have, I think it's a video of it. So. Oh, actually, that's, uh, hold on. Yeah, that's, this is a block press. How big are the? Oh, okay, I couldn't tell until I got grabbed. How big they were? 
and they're ready to go they need to be baked or anything or no no this is this is called compressed stabilized earth blocks or cev uh or CSEV. and this is what they look like they are done with pure compression and they get around from a thousand to two thousand psi depending on how much cement you add in fact Interestingly enough, I've learned from the process, there's a lot of things that you guys should know, um, because the funny thing is they talk about earth ships and, you know, the tire homes, right? Where they mm -hmm. take, you know, recycled tires and stuff like that. But right. what you really have to consider is anytime that you're promoting for somebody to go off grid, you have to think about all of the different um, things that are involved in doing it. So if you were going to make a tire home, imagine how many tires you're going to have to haul off and where you're going to get gas stations, junkyards, because not everywhere in the world it's that easy to get a big abundance of tires. Like it is, but then you'd have to go pick them up, you know, let's say at a, at a, at a shop and they may give them to you for free. Sometimes they pay you to haul them off, but sometimes you might pay like, you know, a buck or, you know, a few cents per tire or something like that. And then you've got to pound them. So to pound tires, well, actually here, I have a, I have a spreadsheet, which I'll, I'll share with you. Hold on. Um, you have, to, have to pack them with dirt. Yeah, you have to pack them with dirt and it takes about 20 minutes to do that. So that's a lot of labor because if you imagine you're going to have thousands of tires in your house, right? And so how many could you do in a day? So there's a lot of things worth thinking about here. So here's like uh, my research and I've been, this is not a complete thing, but maybe when it's complete, I'll, I'll share it with everybody. But this is basically all the different types of construction. So you have here aircrete, uh, aircrete blocks, uh, tire homes, tire bales, earth ships, inflatable homes and structures, uh, compressed earth blocks, which is what we'll go over. and. Um, automatic compressor with blocks, 3D printed concrete, dirt, polystyrene, shipping containers, and so on. You know, just every, everything you could think of. And the reason I'm doing this is to demystify uh, what it is to go off grid. You know, because the biggest thing that right now that people have to understand is with the economy being completely demolished, you're gonna have to really think about your own survival. It's not a game anymore. People are losing their businesses, their jobs. Well, it was never a game, but but you know now it's it's really serious. It's do or die or fight or flight. And I think that people are going to probably have to eventually consider: Are they going to fight, like literally fight physically, or are they going to uh, go away, or or not even go away, but just to protect themselves and protect their family? I, I think that no matter what a person chooses, I think going off grid is almost de facto. It's default. They should find a way to make it so that they don't have to depend on governments for food or 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 shelter or anything like that. So this uh, this spreadsheet also has different things. So for example, you know, foundation, different foundation techniques, flooring, heating, and there's some really fascinating stuff in here that would I think it would surprise you guys. Uh, stuff you've never you've never seen before. So I'll I'll go over some of it. Um, how so how do you get what what do you define as going off grid necessarily? Because I, I I mean you can say that building a earth ship or a home with materials that are unusual or, or uh, you know like for instance the shipping containers right? I've seen some houses built that that look great and they're built yeah. cheap and so on. But that doesn't mean that you're necessarily going off grid, right? Uh, you, does that does that involve becoming energy independent? Yeah, so there's a few different categories of going off grid. I mean, even you could say a person who's homeless is off grid. Right. Um, if you have a way to get food and sleep at night, then you could argue that you're off grid. However, if your method of getting food is depending on, you know, digging through trash cans, then it's not particularly off grid because now you're still connected to society in some sort of way. You know what I mean? So I think that. But it depends on which aspects of your life you can get off grid. Because even if you're able to just get shelter and electricity and water, that's a major, major step forward. Not everybody has to produce their own crops, but even then there's techniques for that too. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's just really, it's about self-teaching and self-supplying. So the Flat Earth has something in common with going off grid. And so does anything that's just fully decentralized. You know, if you're if you don't believe in government to supply for you, especially not your news or information, which is where all this junk about coronavirus and these lies about about illness and, and medical stuff in general, which is causing people 
to be afraid and it's causing them to want to put masks and vaccinate their kids and it's because people are supplying themselves with external information from an external source and not from an internal source so in other words they're not doing their own homework yeah. and that's my take on it yeah uh, so here uh go ahead no, no, I was just saying that makes perfect sense. To, um, but yeah, I mean, small steps. You know, if everyone does some of these things, you know, you can we can change the the overall kind of grid itself. But you know, when people try to do even guerrilla gardening, it's something that's attacked. And uh, you know, gardening has been attacked in the states. Raw milk production, things like yeah. this. Whatever allows small producers to get it going, they'll come in and try to to stop it until somebody does something about it. I don't know. What's yeah, the, what's I mean, the cost of those bricks? That you just showed the last picture for block. You, you can see them. You can see them in this photo, correct? Yeah. yeah. Am I still sharing my screen? Yeah. Yep. The ones before you had two holes in the top. Yeah. There, I can see those have well, just been kind of these, broken through. These are the same. These are the same. This is just that we've cut through for horizontal support. Mm -hmm. However, so I'll tell you, this is actually a, a great question, Jaren, and that's kind of why I wanted to bring this up, and it's one of the reasons I wanted to be on your show. So a lot of people think that, for example, working with dirt is actually cheap. Believe it or not, these bricks actually come for my production costs slightly higher than it would if I had bought cinder block. Uh, so I would say these could run me anywhere from, let me think, 10 pesos, so maybe like 50 cents a, 50 cents a brick, okay? Which isn't that bad, but if you imagine that cinder block, I could get it for like a buck, and there's about two and a half of these into a cinder block, well then, yeah, maybe, maybe then it's still slightly cheaper but these are super insulated so this is like a super adobe home practically mm -hmm. so that does make up for the difference in cost and plus i can dry stack these if you look at the next picture there's no actually no mortar joint in between these and that's because the, the machine produces them perfectly uniform mm -hmm. um but there's things that like a lego there. almost how many would you need to build a whole house well this first story for example it's like i want to say it's 10 by 25 meters so is it and this first story is about 10,000 bricks let me see if i have another picture of the house so this is going to be 10,000 bricks and the rebar that you see here, this is basalt rebar, or sorry, this is fiberglass rebar. And this here in the horizontal support is called basalt rebar, but it's also actually used fiberglass. The advantage to this is that it doesn't rust. So this structure could last you for like maybe a hundred years. You know, there's Adobe structures that are hundreds, hundreds of years old and they still stand. So it's a very, very strong material. In fact, the engineer that I work with was shocked when he's like, oh my God, it's actually really strong, the wall. You know, well, because he was a little paranoid. I think he put more rebar than we needed to put because we didn't need to put this much at all. But it's okay. I was cool with it because I was like, well, I, I ordered it anyway because I get all my stuff from a lot of my stuff from China. Like I got my whole factory, for example, for about. Uh, let me see if I can find a picture of this factory. And there's so, no. You yeah, said there was this, no mortar in between those bricks. Huh? No, there's there was, no mortar. Well, yeah. And that's because it produces them uniform. So if there's something you need to kind of, there's a few things you need to kind of understand about what mortar is and does. Mm -hmm. So mortar is never supposed to be stronger than the brick. And the reason for that has to do with the difference in materials. So if you use like a stronger material versus a weaker material, then what can happen, I think, is weathering and water can go, will end up going to the weaker material. And that's why you can see, I don't know if you've ever noticed like a stone wall where the, where the stone is, where the, there's these like really, the mortar's almost like indented like it's jumping out at you i don't know if you've ever seen that but that can happen when the mortar's stronger than the stone gotcha because so, the stone goes yeah, gotcha. so what the mortar does is essentially used for leveling but you could also say that it makes your wall kind of like monolithic and it, of course it keeps bugs out so you, you would want to stucco if you're not using mortar you want to stucco anyway because you really want a tight seal to keep pests and other things out right uh but so here the thing is this whole fa this is another thing that really if people who want to start making their life better uh one thing i strongly recommend is using alibaba <laughs> Because you can get things off of Alibaba for fractions of, if you're getting things wholesale, you're getting them for like pennies on the dollar, practically from what you'd get them on Amazon. For example, this whole factory here, uh, not including this machine, but this whole factory here costed me about $12,000.
which is incredible. That this actual machine, the the the, the, the block press in America would cost me twenty thousand alone, mm-hmm. ignoring the cost of conveyor belts and the mixer and stuff like that. And you got this so, delivered. Well, that's the thing. So I had to pay another seven thousand dollars for shipping and import. So when you when you consider, well, because shipping was only like a, a couple grand, and it does depend on the season. But import costs, you know, I got hit with thirty percent. And then in addition to that, you have dock fees and other little sneaky fees that will creep up on you. So really, most of the time for importing things, you can look up to forty percent. It's it it may not seem fair, but that's just there is really no way around that. I mean, you're getting a freight from another country. So you, this actually this batching machine only uh, came out as twenty five hundred dollars from China, and it works perfectly. But this is like a weight, like this is weighing the material, so I can see and, and program exactly how many pounds I want to go into here. And then this has like a water counter, like a liter counter, which will put a very specific amount of liters, so that we don't have to worry as much about our water content. So, yeah.、Uh, but at the end of the day,、um, what I'm trying to say is, there's a lot of logistics involved to doing this. Like the original、um, block making was with this thing called Sinva Ram. I don't know if you've ever seen it.、Mm-hmm. How many can you make、uh, in a day, say?、Uh, so with that, I can with that factory, I could probably make up to three thousand if we had a full staff, but we don't. So we only make like maybe five hundred on a day, which this isn't really that bad at all. But there's a lot of other things like cleaning the factory,、uh, maintaining machines, and stuff like that. So this is the this is kind of what started a lot of the brick making,、uh, compressed earth brick making. Because before, you know, of course, Adobe's been around for a long time, but、uh, compressed earth blocks are a lot stronger than Adobe. So if you were going to do it yourself, I guess, then you would use something along the lines of this. This is, you know, you could probably get one of these for a couple, like a thousand bucks or something, and or even make one. So this is just、uh, called the Sinva Ram, and that's I think these started in like Colombia. Or something, and they were making houses using basically just pure compression. And then once you finish this, then you can cure the bricks, which takes about a week. You're gonna like water water them for a week, basically. And an interesting thing. So one one of the things that I've learned in my in my journey is that so there's a lot of things that'll up your cost that you're not thinking about. So even if I didn't have to pay for the, the rent for the factory and stuff like that, and I just calculated purely labor costs,、um, I would still probably be paying. Uh, well, so if I if I say like how much cement I'm using, I would say I use three pesos, so maybe twenty. What is that? Hold on, four. So maybe like fifteen cents a brick, if I was to get it, if if I was to figure out my cement cost. But the thing is, is you can actually make these bricks weaker. So that's something that people don't understand. I think that there's a fear that their house won't be strong, but you can use certain things to counterbalance that. So there's something called.、Uh, Uh, basalt geogrid, yeah. So there's this stuff you can get. It's called geogrid mesh, and what you can do is you can place this in between layers. There's a really good video. I could I could pull it up. It's from an engineering channel, and they show where they make like a sand castle. But then in between each layer of sand, they just place one horizontal layer of, of geogrid. And what that does is then they're able to literally stand on the sand castle without without causing it to collapse. And that's just because of the strength of the horizontal support.、Uh, so that's why geogrids used as well in retaining walls and stuff like that. So any time that you you work with like what could be a weaker material, although dirt's not necessarily weaker, depends you know on how much compression you use and how you cure it and treat it. But if you're working with a weaker material, you can make it stronger using things like this.、Uh, so there's just just some things to think about.、Uh, but that's the thing. So from from what I have here, actually. This is not necessarily the best technology to work with. Like even cob houses, where you take dirt and you build it by hand, unless you're doing it all essentially for free with, you know, hand labor. Like you're in Africa and you're just using dirt in cob. You know, then that yeah would be very cheap, but you'd be spending a lot of time and energy to actually make your house. And it's not about necessarily. Con- what about concrete? Is it is it very difficult? Is it much different from this to make? Uh, well, this thing could probably make concrete bricks. I mean, I think the only thing with concrete is it's not as well insulated. So you also have to consider the cost. Like when you're going off grid, consider how much it actually costs you to heat and cool your home. 
because that's like a really big deal, especially when you're going to shop for solar panels, because if you want to heat and cool your home, you're going to spend way more money on that than you are on anything else. Like, for example, an electric space heater will eat 1.5 kilowatt, you know, but then your refrigerator uses like 50 watts or 60 watts. You see what I'm saying? So your whole house runs for maybe three, 400 kilowatts. That's including your laptop. Well, that's not including like microwave and stuff like that, which will cause some peak in your energy, but it won't be consistent. Whereas if you're running heating and cooling, it can be a lot. And I'll get to that too, as well, if we have time, um, if you guys don't mind. Uh, but yeah, so let me see here. So this is just different pictures of, of the factory and the bricks. Also, th this is something else. So if you're doing, if you're doing concrete, like for a concrete slab, Interestingly enough, once you once you pour the concrete, you can save a lot of money if you polish the concrete after you pour it. So mm -hmm. polished floors will last you a lifetime, and it's not like the, the normal floors you use, like vinyl and, and ceramic, uh, which is kind of expensive at the end of the day. Uh, and it won't even last, and it kind of gets dirty really easy, you know? Like, like you'll see like stuff in between the tiles, and these, these, essentially, this is what they'll use at Walmart or Costco or other places like mm -hmm. that. So that's just something to consider when I was looking at flooring techniques, which was the best, and I think polished concrete. How do you polish it? Yeah, when you say polish concrete, so you, you let you throw the concrete down and then level it, obviously, and scrape it. But then, yeah. how do you polish it? That's just an after. So you take you take like there's this machine. It's like a buffer. It'll basically sand. It'll sand and buffer it so it's really smooth, like marble. Okay. And actually, if you look, they, they look beautiful, by the way. Well, yeah, I know what you're saying. That is what you know, a Walmart or a Home Depot would use for their floor. Yeah, exactly. That's what they use in casinos. That's what they use everywhere. It looks amazing. So, this is concrete. It doesn't look like concrete, but it is. What does it look like? It? Wow, it looks yeah. like that? Yeah, because with the, well, so there's a few different things you can do. You can actually put down an acid, so there's something called etching, like acid uh, etching. Okay, right. It's like, it's like people using arch, like needle or whatever. Right. Well, but some of these don't have, like this is not, because what happens is there's also, remember, in, in concrete, there's a, there's a little bit of, you know, rock. So when you start mm -hmm. to polish it, it'll start to expose it. So depending on what kind of a look you want, you can, you can really grind it down. And it's cheap. I mean, if you were willing to rent the machine and do it yourself, you wouldn't have to pay a lot of money. And if you do it once the floor is poured, then it, the concrete is softer, so it's easier to do. Wow. So it becomes uh, uh, like uh, water doesn't penetrate it. And... No, 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 not that. In fact, it's good to have water on it when you like they would spray it down with water after it was after, after it was right. done. You can't you can't really destroy a polished concrete floor. It, it's really hard to do. That's why they use it. in because imagine all the foot traffic they get on Walmart, Costco and those types of places, you know, and they don't do it. They don't have to hardly do anything to maintain their floor. Yeah, I mean, they occasionally wax it and stuff and maybe they polish it once in a while, but not not much. Is it so, practical for upper floor or is it only for foundation? Uh, yeah, no, it's for, for all the floors. I mean, well, that's the thing. The, a lot of the things about going off-grid is in your planning. So, for example, if you're going to do a two-story house, it's, it's interesting. It's good that you brought that up. So the, the cost of a foundation, actually, this, this, this might surprise you. This whole foundation here costed me about $15,000 or even a little bit more than that. It's really, really expensive. And I was surprised because I'm out in Mexico, so you would think that it wouldn't cost that much. But the thing is, the reason it does well is because this is by the beach, so there's um, the soil is weaker. And in that case, I'm using a heavier material and going two stories. So that's the problem. So when you use things like dirt and people think, oh, that's it's like the best, or tire homes, actually a really good example. Tire homes are super, super, super heavy. So you have to consider what your foundation is going to look like. If you tried to do a tire home on land like this, forget it. <laughs> You're going to sink. You'd be yeah. building this super ultra heavy bunker on sand. And I mean, yeah, it would probably stand, but what would happen is the dirt would shift from under the house and mm -hmm. then it could cause your walls to cave in. It would actually be a really big problem. It could be serious. So, I mean, you know, of course, I think engineers exaggerate a little bit because of code, but- I, I think the here in the Netherlands, you probably know about this, that they have to set up some kind of foundation with, in Amsterdam, I think it's even wood that they use, uh, but they have to kind of control, have, it's almost like palisades uh, yeah. because of the underground water or something. 
Well, interestingly enough, the, you know, the pyramids were actually built on a giant, giant limestone. I think they just found the site. I don't even think they put it there. Well, maybe they're like aliens and they put giant limestone there. But like, yeah, it was this massive bed of rock. So it does depend on where you build. And I think the, the key about understanding going off grid is planning in advance. Because if you think about how much you want to spend, even if it's like a few thousand dollars, you can actually accomplish it. And that is the point of my research. I can tell you guys pretty much how much these things cost and also which ones are more or less convenient. Uh, let me see if I can find some examples here. So that is... So say that someone is, wants to build a house, how would you organize the logistics? Like if they're not in your country or is it, is it even possible to, to get those things done? Well, so one of the major things, unfortunately, one of the things that drives me absolutely crazy about first world countries like America is permit laws. They, right. they, 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 are, they disgust me. The idea of having to go through the city and ask for permission for something, for a material or for something that's been around for thousands of years and then have them be like, oh no, we don't understand that. Right. Really upsets me. But I think the first key is, is when you're in a country like that, you have to work with an engineer who's willing to sign off on what it is that you're willing to do. And also, if this is really about survival, you might want to consider moving to a district or a city where they would actually not give you any shit. But there's ways around that, too. So there, you could do what's called a, a pole barn. And actually, in my spreadsheet, so if you want to take, like, the winner of all things, pole barn is <laughs> a pole winner. <laughs> pole barn. Yeah, so these pole barns are essentially... Usually storage buildings, like the city would call this like an auxiliary building, you know? So the nice thing about these is that they're not very regulated in almost all of, at least America, uh, but I think all around the world, you can get these done for pretty cheap. And they won't really give you too much shit about trying to build a pole barn or a, or a metal building. When you consider your cost per square foot, this is probably one of the cheapest things in existence. It's just extremely efficient. Uh, so it's funny because people always think about natural building materials, but honestly, if you're doing a pole barn, you're probably set up one of these for a few thousand dollars. In fact, they have pole barn kits it, they have like massive factories and pole barn kits where you're paying like maybe fifteen thousand dollars for the factory and you're getting wow. you know uh, maybe 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 seventy feet by thirty or forty feet or something like that. And they even have things like fabric buildings, like clear span uh, building. So like if you take these fabric buildings, they're even cheaper. Like you can get some of these buildings from like they're what they'll use like for airplane hangers and stuff. Like a polytunnel almost. Yeah, they're use a this is a PVC fabric usually. And what it's funny these things actually. You'd be amazed. I, I saw one that was 40 feet by 60 feet from China for a couple grand. Jeez. This a couple grand. I mean, you can't you can't beat this. They're way it's way too efficient. It's like a it's like a tent on crack. So, <laughs> it, it, and you can reinforce these things. Like look how they put shipping containers here. How many people foot. would you need to, to build something like this after you get the get it you get it in boxes or something like this from China? Yeah, I guess it. that's the only thing. It, it's of course better if you're in like India or or mm -hmm. or you know. Mexico or South America or whatever. I mean, when you build one of these in the US, there is a labor cost for setting this up. So that's where you're going to take in your extra cost. So even if you got it, let's say for three grand for a building like this, right? I think this one, this one looks like it's a little bit more expensive. Maybe this is like maybe, well, this is clear span, maybe they're brand, so they charge more. But if you go to China, it's cheaper. So, but then you have to consider your shipping and import. So throw in an extra $4,000. So you hit it seven and then, and then you could probably take, I don't know what it would be in America to set one of these. It's a really good question. Uh, I need foundation, right? Maybe, maybe 5,000. I don't know. To set it up. But it's still cheap. It needs a proper foundation and everything. And does it have like, would it be, well, would it be something people can live on? Like, is there a version that would be... Well, you know, so this is the trick, you see. The trick is build one of these and then put whatever you want inside. So there's, on my spreadsheet, there's these things. There's these uh, shipping container homes. Let me see if I can find them. All right, so check this out. This is also one of the best things you'll ever see for going off grid. This thing's fucking fantastic. All right, so this is a shipping container home. And 
You know how you talk about so actually taking a shipping container and retrofitting it and doing it yourself. I guarantee you, you will not beat this price. So this is seven thousand dollars from China. They're, they're just too efficient. Like these come with a bathroom. They come with electric. They come with plumbing. So you don't have to do any of that. It's unbelievable. Seven thousand. Yeah, seven grand. And Wait, in they fact, come you with fit two they... in a in a forty foot container, and this will give you about four hundred square feet. So because uh, it's like a twenty foot container, they probably go about twenty in the depth. And I think they they might even produce them with forty forty foot containers. It doesn't matter because you could weld two together right here at the entrance, and they'll customize the floor plan for you too, <laughs> and they'll make it to the code that you want. So, and you said those come with, those come with solar panels on the top already? No, but you can get those. I'll I'll, I'll oh, go gosh. into that too. I well, if we have time, I've, there's like stuff for 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 energy and stuff like that. But this is one of my favorite things. So because this is actually cheaper than what you would pay for a trailer, and you're getting a little bit. You're actually you're getting quite a bit more square footage out of it. Um, and in, a lot of cities would take this. Not that, you have to be funny about it though, because if you tell the city that it's, well, some cities have this thing about industrialized homes versus prefab homes, and what they do to prevent this type of behavior, which is like you know freedom, that's the behavior <laughs> they really don't like. So <laughs> what they do to prevent it is they'll say, oh, well, it's got to be through a certified manufacturer who does you know uh, mobile homes or, or modular homes. So sometimes they do things like that. But if you just say it's like a steel and fiberglass structure, and then you just give them the floor plan, then you might be able to get away with it in a lot of different districts. I know that they put these down in Houston, and I know because Houston has no no zoning so and i know i've heard them being shipped to florida as well because i've talked to the manufacturer so I've, I've done you guys the favor of checking on prices and researching these things as well um yeah but that's not actually my favorite thing oh there, there, this is something that i kind of wanted to show you so i was i make these oh that's my batteries hold on so this is a this is like a, a sun tube i don't know if you've ever seen these these are solar tubes so another way to, to do your natural natural lighting is you redirect so inside of this is mylar which is like mm -hmm. a mirror material it's really really cheap you can get a big roll of it for like nothing and then you, this is just pvc so i just connect two pvc and then mylar and i can redirect the sun kind of like this this was like a, just a test obviously this it would never look like this but this is just to see if we could do it and this is this is like the light that we would get into the bathroom just just from that it's really bright actually um yeah i mean i know it's just like a lens flare but yeah, so, uh, but I want to show you that in a second because there's something incredible. And I'm going to get back to these. These are nickel iron batteries. So a lot of people, the biggest problem with going off grid is electricity. So people think that it's hard to store energy because acid batteries, you're going to end up throwing them out. Lithium batteries can actually be disappointing in the same way. So interestingly enough, and this, I don't know if this is a point for Nikola Tesla or, or whoever he stole the technology from, <laughs> but you know, the nickel iron is an, a technology that's been around for about a hundred years or more. And, and what it is, is basically a battery that performs electrolysis. And this one will last you a lifetime. So you'll never have to throw it out. Th these things could last 80 years, no problem. And what it is, is inside of the battery, there's water and there is an electrolyte, which you would have to change probably about about like 10 years, 15 years, you change the electrolyte. It's just made of lye or something. So it's, it's easy. It's the same stuff they use in soap. And this battery is interesting because it's not compatible with all the inverters out there because they have such a huge voltage range and it's been insulted for being you know less slightly less efficient like people say it's down to 65 percent but it's not it's actually 80 percent and they also say that these things can experience thermal runaway which is not true uh they the newer technology doesn't do that and even the older one was never really do that so these are just incredible they're like tanks and to give you an idea of how much of tanks these are my friend accidentally shorted out one of the batteries and it blew up because he connected one of the wires from like here to here or something. He he messed, he, he, instead of connecting it up, he connected one down. So then the battery blew up. Now, if that was acid, I would have lost all my batteries and it would have been a loss of like, you know, $5,000. But instead I, um, it, it was fine. I, the only the one that blew up got had to get replaced and then the rest of them were perfectly fine, which is just crazy. These things, yeah. you can't, you can't kill these things. They're, they're how, how do, so run us through, how much does that feed uh, your whole house? This oh, stack? Yeah. Easily. So this is so this system produces um, like at least 20 kilowatt a day. I, it'll store it'll store like 20, 
20 some odd kilowatt. Let me think. There's so how you would calculate it is each one is 1.2 uh, 1.2 volts, and there is 38 of them. I, I couldn't put all 40 because the range of the voltage is so high because it can go up to 1.6 and then all the way back down to you can. Oh, there's another thing about this. You can fully discharge these, and that's something you just can't do with other batteries. You know, you can let them sit and do nothing, and they'll be fine like years later. You can you can overcharge them, and they're in fact they like to be overcharged, which is weird because a lot of batteries aren't like that. So I just don't see that many downsides. I guess some people say that you have to water them, but you can buy an auto watering system that'll do it for you. So that's not an issue either. But if there's 38 of these, right? And then there's, so it's 600 amp hours. So this is the amount of watt hours you get. So you get 27 kilowatt. And to give you an idea, if your house is running, let's say an average house maybe run 400 kilowatt, that's like not even the average really. It's the average of people run is lower than that, or 400 watt per hour. So even if that was the case, you'd be able to run your house for a couple of days without electricity, but that's without air conditioning. Uh, How does it get re recharged? So this is recharged this is through through solar energy, but I, um, there's other ways to get energy as well. But I think solar right now is the best because um, it's really cheap. I got like my solar panels from China for a couple of grand, and yeah, you can get them for it's ridiculous. I should show you the solar panels. It's amazing the costs that you get per kilowatt here. Yeah, so they pay 18 cents a watt, you know? It's just amazing. How long will those last you, just 10 years or? Oh, oh these will last you lifetime. Hmm. Yeah. But they're making them so efficient now, I think they're gonna get up to almost 40 to 50% efficiency. So it's gonna get to the point where solar panel will start to overtake the other uh, energy generating me me methods. But I'll get to that in a minute because I have some other things that I kind of wanted to show you. This is the thing I showed you yesterday, Jaren. So check this out, like the solar tubes, check this out. This is the sun portal. Actually, so this is like the sun is reflected and it's collected on this parabolic disc and then it goes through this acrylic tube and then every few feet this uh, light, this I think it's like where this ring is, will magnify the light and send it further into the tube. And then what it'll do is it's used to light an entire train station. Wow, look at that. Incredible. Yeah, I thought, I thought of something like this uh, back uh, years ago, but the idea is to try to use something similar to heat water. I'm um, not sure it's possible. Oh, yeah, with the Fresnel lens? Yeah, are, are you I, I, know, I was just imagine, I was thinking of, I was just literally thinking uh, about this problem of architecture, sustainable architecture, and, and I was thinking that with something like this, with a mirror that reflects the sunlight, that can capture the sunlight, you can redirect the beam to do different kinds of things, reduce steam, um, I don't know. But uh, yeah, in Africa, uh, in Africa yeah. they use uh, a hole in the roof and they put like a plastic bottle with water and right. produce light inside the houses. Mm -hmm. It's a very similar technique, of course. Yeah, yeah, I've seen those. They put like bleach or something inside of it. So yeah. have you ever seen this guy, Green Power Science? It's part you of have, right here. Yeah, I've seen his channel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's amazing. He'll like, he'll show you how hot these things get. Like if you put something in the focal point of this yeah. parabolic lens, it'll yeah. just like dissolve. I wonder if he's gonna blow stuff up because it's always cool. <laughs> yeah, see, he's, he's setting fire to some wood. So yeah, you can definitely heat water with, a, with the sun. But here he's focusing it, you see, so he needs to get it probably at a specific angle. Right. But that's not so far off from that, that tech I just showed you, where they're lighting a whole uh, train station. And to give you an idea of how powerful the sun really is, uh, using uh, mirrors, you can light a whole building, okay, with the sun, without, with, with just one source. So this sun this sun portal thing, can just, this is just one source, and this can light a whole skyscraper practically. So the mirror is moving with the sun to, in order to collect it in a proper way, or is it something yeah. like that going on? Uh -huh. Yeah, it tracks the sun, and then these, this will magnify it. So it's trying to pre prevent any loss of light. I guess, actually, I want to know what it's similar to is fiber optic. 
Because think about it, it's kind of like the same way. You're preserving the light, uh, the energy in the fiber optic cable, and this is basically the same thing. So, you know, and then the light's diffused on the edge of it, so that that way you can get the light through your room. And it's preserving as much as possible. So you could take this, and it can even turn corners and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, amazing. amazing. Yeah. So now the problem would be, if, I had, if I'm not mistaken, right? What, what would you do at night? Uh, yeah, you'd have to use LED bulbs. I think LED is the best because they're going to get the lowest amount of wattage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, have, you seen, have you seen 3D printed houses? Uh, drag that open a little bit bigger. Oh, there you go. Thank you. Printed house. Yeah. So this is the future. If I had to pick one tech for the future to get everybody off grid, the advent of Apple's core technology, construction 3D printing opens a new round of evolution thanks to the innovative design of the printer. However, snow roads and dilation alliances with exterior and interior finishing would take and the commercial projects can operate at temperatures as low as minus 35 degrees Celsius. Mix and supply unit, which combines. The thing is, is this, this thing this thing can basically print you know print a house by itself. You know what I mean? Or it comes. And here they'll have they, they have the wall open so you can put any uh, rebar any reinforcement. And actually, this Apis Core printer can actually print the roof as well, which is staggering. They have this really clever way to print the roof. So imagine that they could construct a house within a day. This this printer here runs two hundred thousand dollars. I already know its retail price, so it's too expensive. But what'll end up happening is China will end up making this thing, and they'll probably make it for like ten grand. You know, give it like five to ten years, and you'll see these things for like. 20,000, 20, you know, 25,000 or 10,000. Is it pouring a kind of concrete? Yeah, so it has an extruder and it pulls from like a, you know, a mixer basically. And then it just, it just, see right here, I think, this tube. And then it'll send the, the concrete up the, up the thing and then it prints the house. So yeah, that's, but obviously not everybody's going to be able to do that. So if you, so I was, so the best thing that I would say if somebody really wants to go off grid for cheap is not tire homes, but earth bag. You ever heard of earth bag? Haven't. Okay, so these are basically shelters made from sandbags. <laughs> Check this out. Um, so yeah, this is what they do for a lot of disaster relief, and it's probably one of the top technologies out there because you can just take local dirt. But in the case of like tires, the problem with tires is they off gas. So if you have a tire home, the issue is is eventually the heat and other things would cause the rubber to kind of let off a, a gas, which is fine, I guess, if you stucco it and properly protect it um but yeah I, I think that this is just a better way to go so you can just take what well, these are like continuous bags but you can also get individual bags from china like there's a few cents per bag it's really cheap uh so, you so the bags and you, you place them yeah and actually the thing about this is it's a big advantage over other types of earthen constructions like rammed earth or like what i'm doing uh, compressed earth block is see when i do my blocks it's not just any dirt i have to take dirt with a specific clay content and you can't just find that anywhere so this is different with earth bags you don't need to really focus as much on the on the clay content you can just put any old dirt that you find in the bag hmm. and you'll see what they do they lay them almost in dome structures they can do the the roof as well with this i, I think that's not completely necessary but it's it's kind of cool and um, they can make some fairly large structures of this. Yeah, I see. The house actually looks pretty good. Yeah. So, there's, there's 30, they won't, I mean, the bags, where are they made of? Can they get punctured or something? And so mm -hmm. probably your house will fall apart. Well, no, because you're gonna tamp it. So what you do, have you ever seen this channel? It's called My Little Homestead. This is an amazing channel. Here's how we built our super Adobe building. 
so this is basically like a family and they always like work together yeah, and they, they do all this off grid stuff. Yeah, that's a and... film, right? You heard about it? Is that what you're saying, James? Hmm? No. Who? No, I thought we somebody suggested we watch um, a film called so my called my little my great little farm or something like this. No, I'm, I'm not sure. Hmm. Oh, it's the same. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but here you'll see what they do. They they tamp it so it's very well compressed, and then for horizontal reinforcement, like for tensile strength, they put they put um, barbed wire, and sometimes they'll tie it in from one to the other so that they, it just doesn't fall. And you can drill, you can you can slam uh, rebar through it too for vertical support, as well as using steel profiles and stuff. So this is this is a really great channel, and they show you from start to finish how they do everything. They make rocket stoves, masonry masonry ovens stuff like that they do earthen floors here they're stuccoing the outside of it so yeah you're not going to really even if there was a hole you wouldn't lose any dirt because it's you're reinforcing the outside of it and if you do tire homes the other drawback to tire homes is uh, you have to fill the cracks with the tires because the tires are they're not square so what you end up having to use is like bottles so there's even more labor involved you know because then you have to take bottles put them in between the cracks and then use cob or something or or lime or cement stucco to try to fill it whereas with this you could just use any old any old stucco would be fine I think they're using dirt, but yeah. So and they do that both inside and out. Yeah, um, they do it both. And like this house, they say cost them three thousand. So this cost them only three thousand dollars. It's pretty good. Yeah. Oh. But there's better. There's even better than that, actually. So check this out. This is this is like probably one of my favorite things. This might actually be my favorite thing. So this house is about a thousand. It's about a thousand square feet. And this is made out of polystyrene and graphene. So polystyrene is like an insulation material. Normally, you would think it's not used for walls, but I think they strengthen it with a little bit of graphene. And then it, this is how they build it. <laughs> you see them picking up, they're picking it up by hand, practically. Wow. It's like almost like Lego then. <laughs> so like, yeah. You, you can't beat this. This is about as cheap as it gets. <laughs> they, they build the whole thing in a, in a single go like this? Yeah, like and, that was like tent. A, <laughs> and, that, and that was probably almost like think about it, like maybe a day or two of work. So you could probably put this whole house up within a couple of days, and then that's what you're saving in labor. So if you work with you know earth bags or other earthen materials, the, the issue you're going to hit there is unless you're doing it yourself, you know you're going to be stuck hiring people for labor for the whole month. So even if you were in a cheaper country, you're still going to run five grand, six grand, and that's just for your walls, not for your roof, for your foundation, and other things too. So is that strong have... enough against wind and stuff like that? That this, this particular material and yeah, is it too light. It's no, it's it's actually earthquake proof. So, and the reason the reason has a lot to do with the dome structure, because you know you get well yeah. So what happens here is that the any weight or anything that's pressing against the dome gets redistributed over here to the ground. You see, because of the shape. So any pressure here goes to the ground, and also polystyrene is not particularly weak. They're they're reinforcing it with graphene, so it's actually very strong. You could probably throw in some rebar if you wanted to. I don't even think it's necessary, actually. So the, the thing is, is this structure right here, uh, I've talked to the manufacturer as well, this will run you like six, $6,000. What? Yeah. <laughs> the whole house. Wow. Of course, now you, I, I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit. You have to pay for shipping. So you probably pay like a, I, wanna, I don't know if this is going to fit in a 20-foot container, but maybe 40-foot. But don't so you, then think, you pay like do you think things 3, like this? Do you think things like this will start popping up in the States? That's why I'm talking to you guys about it. <laughs> well, I'm talking about I'm talking about not the um, not the building of it, but the actual manufacturing of it, to where you don't have to get it shipped in a container from uh, China. Probably not. No. <laughs> now everybody gets everything from China. 
But yeah, no, there wouldn't be a reason why you couldn't. I mean, they make polystyrene stuff in the States, but not necessarily for construction. Right. Um, so Does that one have a bathroom and things like that as well? Yeah. And, and on the water supply and so on? Well, that's an extra cost for sure, because you have to go, you know, fit it with those things. So yeah, it's not like it comes with electric, like, like the shipping container home that I showed you comes with everything already, like right. electric and plumbing installed. But that's not that hard. You could do it yourself. This is the shell, but that, it comes with the windows as well? No. The, no, that's an extra Yeah. Right. So, yeah, that's not completely... Can you design the shells you want? Or it has a... Uh, way of doing? I didn't see them offering that. But maybe there would be people who would offer it. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, this is... Uh, the, I guess if you think about all the different costs you would spend to finish, maybe you get it done for, like, 15000 You know? But that's nothing. I mean, think of what people pay for houses. It's 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 appalling. Yeah. People pay like five hundred thousand dollars or three four hundred thousand dollars in America. Europe was more. Well, I mean, even even a hundred. Might be just plywood as well, right? Sometimes. Yeah. Plywood you can punch punch through. Yeah, they're made out of garbage. It's like they take cheap wood and insulation board, or or they'll take a some. Well, steel's kind of good to work with, but it oxidizes, so they'll take like a steel frame. Um, yeah, I don't really have a big problem with steel. I like I like working with steel. And this there, material here you, you, that we're looking at, this, it is cheap. Why, why is it cheap? Uh, do, we, do you know how it's manufactured? And, and what, Well, I guess you could argue that there could be... It's like a... What the heck is polystyrene? <laughs> it's like a plastic uh, thing, I think. Let's see. I mean, Synthetic. A, I've seen a lot of, it's a hydrocarbon. I've seen a lot of prefab houses that are available in the United States for... Well, it's getting pretty low, but I mean, you know, still 20,000, 30,000. But much better than 500,000, you know. Yeah, that's another thing too. Even just getting a trailer is a good start. I mean, somebody who wants to go off grid, Listen, they I think just start uh, by... um, red pill, red pill philosophy, I believe, is moving to a, a container home. Bob, you know? Have you heard that? Uh, no, I had no idea about that. Yeah, I believe I've been is. too busy with my own <laughs> <laughs> to worry about other people's houses. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. But the nice thing is, is, I won't have a mortgage anymore. Thank God for that. Yeah, that's great to get out of that. For sure. Well. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the hope is that eventually like this will inspire you guys or your listeners and maybe you've already seen some of these things or not, I don't know. But this is this is to share with people and to let them know like what they can do to get out get out of the system. So that's the container home just as it comes and then you just have somebody basically expand. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Also imagine that you can pack up and go too, which is a major advantage. Like if if you did try to put it somewhere on some plot and then you they were like giving you trouble. There's another trick you can do too. You can take out a mining claim <laughs> and then you can just put your thing there because mining claims will let you go where, you know, where you take it and then you could put whatever structure you want and you don't have to pay for the land. How does that work then? You, you have to go to the BLM. Black Lives Matter? <laughs> You're away. <laughs> oh, <that'd be> okay. <laughs> Yeah, the Bureau of Land Management mining claims. Yeah. They're cheap. Like maybe a hundred bucks or something. I don't know. And then you get all this land, right? Oh, here it is. $165 for each 20 acres. Holy moly. Yeah, you can't beat that, man. So you get your land for a hundred. supposed to mine it, though? Do you have to, to dig a hole or something? Try ah. to it. <laughs> ah. <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you didn't find anything this year. You were looking for gold. Yeah, it's very hard. Difficult to find Trying. So far, the thing I think it was the best, the pole barns were freaking awesome. That They're incredible. Looking at. I mean, Check that's, this. that's unbelievable. Large. Let me show you some. 
about my neighbors here. I, I took some pictures. They they came together, got cinder blocks or something. They built a huge kind of thing. It's kind of like the barn you showed me, but they, they got some friends together. They're, they're some big guys, the man and the woman and the kids. And they built this whole, they brought down the whole piece of the home and then they built the whole thing in, in a week. Oh, wow. Because um, well, as, as, as big as I saw that pole barn, you know, then you start picturing, okay, you can put rooms inside of it and all that stuff. Exactly. So even if the pole barn is... I mean, because for somebody who's out there who says, well, I don't have any money right now, I don't have anything saved, well, you can start to imagine that, you know, would you be able to start saving if you really thought about it? And how many years would it take to get, I don't know, 30 or 40,000? And from that, I mean, really, you could buy a plot of land and you could put one of those pole barns um, and really start to put something together. I don't know. For me, that's... They wouldn't, cool. they wouldn't need that much. If, look at this. This is $20 a square meter, okay? Like, how much is this? This is 10 by... Let's, let's just pretend this is five meters by uh, three meters or something, you know? Okay. Or 10 by, so yeah, it looks like it's 10, 15 by 10. 15 so. meters, so 15 meters times 22 is 200. So it's three, $400, <laughs> right. you know? Oh, I mean, of course, this one probably wouldn't because it's the garage, so it probably costs a little bit more. But... No, that's what they're saying, right? $25. Yeah, man, you could you could live in something like this. And the thing, and the thing is, is that why not i mean if you get more you can get a lot of space out of some of these structures and if you use like a larger pole barn you could put one of those shipping container homes inside of this and they would the city would be none the wiser right they don't know what's in there nor do they care and even if they knew you just you're storing it you happen to be living in it but you're storing it <laughs> you know they don't know nothing and you get a lot of square footage and then this way you can build and do whatever you want now these aren't load bearing either, so you well they are load bearing, but you don't have to worry as much about your foundation costs, which is a nice thing. You could do like just a slab and you're good to go. Like a floating slab, so it's like a couple inches and maybe some chicken wire for your you know, you pay like a couple thousand bucks for your for your foundation maybe. Or maybe less. I mean if it's if it's just like a small one, it's, you know. So yeah, this is really hard to beat. This is why factories do this, because there just isn't there isn't much of a cheaper way to go. And actually, so with this, the only thing is steel can tend to oxidize, but you know, they have galvanized uh, galvanized steel and stuff like that. And a lot of these packages will come will come with that, but you can also use fiberglass as well. So fiberglass profiles. And you could you could make one yourself even out of fiberglass. Here you see pay like 20 cents per meter. So all you would need then is some, some sort of sheeting and roof. <laughs> so it can get amazingly cheap if you properly strategize what it is that you're trying to do. I think the key is in the plan. Yeah, the hard thing for me, because I've looked at a lot of this and found on different websites and stuff, you know, modern, prefabricated, either they're modular homes, they say they're customizable, they're US-based, and you can find them for twenty to 30000 uh, And they'll even tell you that everything's included, you know, plumbing, installation, but you just, I never, obviously I've never pulled the trigger on any of that, and I have no idea if any of those companies can be trusted. That, I think, is where, you know, the hardest thing for a lot of people is, is where do you start? You know, you'd have to find a trustworthy place, and then you'd have to go out and look for land. But I mean, I, I work with a lot of you know people who know what I do on the side. There's a lot of auctions and things like that. And I can find property auctions all the time. And you can find land in Colorado, Nevada, even California, um, pretty damn cheap. But it's just land out in the middle of nowhere. So then from there becomes the problem of, okay, now I've got to hook up solar. How do I do plumbing? And that's where it gets a little bit over my head and I get scared and go back to the city life. <laughs> that's my problem. Right. So, so the thing about that is, for example, when you're getting dealing with a supplier, you would go through trade assurance. And what this is, is like an escrow. Mm -hmm. So they'll set it up so that it goes to a Citibank account, which you'd wire to. And the provider won't get their money until you've confirmed everything is okay. Right. So I've never had a problem on Alibaba. Never. It, it, if there was an issue with it, you could literally send it back. You know, but you'd have to do it when you when you get it. It can be kind of a hassle. So you do want to make sure you go with a supplier that's well liked and right. done a 
you know, is communicative and, but you know, they can be verified. You can send somebody out to their factory if you want. They, there's a service that they have for that as well. And yeah, I, and then you can get like low, low capacity containers. Sometimes if you coordinate your container, for example, there are certain companies, it's not actually, they'll do it for you automatically when you have like a commercial import person who you work with mm -hmm. and they'll coordinate the whole thing. I think actually the company itself that you do, which has a container, they'll do it automatically because they know that there's a certain amount of things headed to, let's say, you know, San Diego and they'll put all of the different things that you ordered into one container. So you save a lot of money that way. Instead of having to order multiple containers, you see what I'm saying? So if you know that you're going to order some stuff, then you just get it all sent in one. And here's another one. This is kind of cool. So these are, this is another innovation, which I really love. These are pin foundations. So foundation cost is obviously an issue. And one of the ways to reduce your foundation cost, and this is low impact. See, a big cost of foundation is excavation and hauling away dirt, surprisingly. So if you had the ability to do a low, low impact foundation, which was able to handle your structure, which you can do. And the way these work is they take basically this concrete pad stone. And to be honest, I think a person could do this themselves with just a little bit of welding and some, some steel. So I don't think that this is even fully necessary to go through this company, but I've talked to them and they're pretty cool. But basically they take these pins and almost like a, a spider web, they drill them down into the ground. And then that, this way that they're going and they're transferring all the energy from the house into the ground. And these are really strong, honestly. They use them for like decks and they even have them for houses as well. So imagine you'd be done with your foundation in, in a day. And yeah, I can run you guys through the costs of all these things too, like for solar and stuff like that. Um, here for uh, for air conditioning and heating, you would want to use a mini split system. This is by far, like bar none, there's nothing that's even close to as efficient as mini splits. So what mini splits do is they transfer the heat. You guys still there? Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah, so see what this does is, so generating heat, like for example, if you generate heat with, um, you know, like a space heater, even with gas, you know, the issue is, is that it's expensive to generate heat. I mean, even if you use a fireplace, you're still using you're still using some sort of fuel, like a pellet, you know, fireplace or wood burning or whatever. Mm -hmm. They're good, but these are these, in my opinion, are much much better. So what these do is they use a refrigerant, and the refrigerant causes like uh, the heat to be transferred and moved from one side of the house to the other. So what's cool about mini splits is not only do they heat, but they also cool, and you'll save about like I said about 70% on your energy. And these have inverters inside of them, so they run D like a DC inverter. So what they'll be able to do, the advantage to DC over AC, is that you can increase or decrease the amount of energy you're using very very fluidly so it's essentially perfect so it can run at very 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 low capacity so it's kind of like always running a little bit but it can drop the amount of watts that it consumes effortlessly so it can keep your house at like a perfect temperature and these have multiple zones so this will come like let's say sometimes these inverters will come with two or three different zones so each different room can have its own temperature control and it'll run you like a couple grand. So I wouldn't say that it's cheap, but if you consider one of the biggest costs of a house is is heating and cooling by far. I mean, I've had, I've been stuck with like energy bills of like four or 500 bucks when I wasn't using this mm -hmm. because I was trying to heat my house for the winter or, or something like that. It can get very expensive. Yeah, yeah. to say the least, our, uh, our electricity bill um, just before we moved out uh, last month, electricity bill and the month before um, was over $400 just for electricity. Have you, invested in, have you invested in a mini split? No, no, that's why I'm, I've really been kind of taking all this stuff in. This is amazing. 
you, of course, you, here in the Carolinas, almost everything is run on that. I was amazed, but they, for whatever reason, they don't use a lot of gas here. Uh, everything is running on electricity, which I thought was interesting. Well, gas will definitely be a cheaper way to, to heat and clear home, but it'll be sure. nowhere, nowhere as cheap as this. This will dramatically reduce your I mean, it depends. I mean, some electric companies will fine you once you go over a certain limit and they'll start charging like a higher tariff. But um, yeah, yeah, and Denver was headed for that. That's another reason why I left there. You know, it's just, it's ridiculous, the, or, the costs. Or you can be out here in California where they shut the power off every day for 30 minutes just for fun. That's right. They're doing the rolling outages out there, and that's got to be hell, you know? You got the smoke coming in, you can't go outside, they, they kill your air conditioning. I mean, it's God. ridiculous. It absolutely is a, a joke. But that's, uh, that's why this is so important. Right. Yeah, it is. I it mean, is, and I really appreciate you doing, you know, going over this because uh, it's fascinating. And even though, even though I just, you know, got my new house and all that, um, a lot of these technologies that you've been talking about today will will still fit into uh, existing houses, from what I'm gathering. So. Oh yeah, yeah, that's the whole point of it. I didn't, I don't list anything here that is not accessible. That's why I was actually bringing up when I first came into this, um, why that a lot of the techniques that people do, they get they get intimidated, like what Jaronism said. They think about it like, oh man, I don't know which one's the best. You know, because I've looked at all these. I've looked at Aircrete. I've looked at Cobb. I really like Aircrete, by the way. I have an Aircrete maker, but that's not the point. You know, I've, I think that when you look at these technologies, it gets overwhelming because you think, well, how much does it really cost? And that's the thing people don't understand. It can be really expensive just to build a roof. Right. You know, especially if you're going for two stories and it's like load bearing, it can be expensive unless you know a lot of tricks. You might have to, I mean, one trick you could switch from, from steel to fiberglass, for example, maybe. But fiberglass has its own drawbacks. I mean, it, it won't deform. So if fiberglass is about to fail, it'll just break. That's the only drawback, but it's stronger than steel. But, and it's way cheaper. So there, there's things that you can do, but you know, then you coordinate labor, you're thinking about, okay, now you're gonna do your roof, you're gonna coordinate labor for your roof and stuff like that. So the, the can get, it can get really overwhelming, which is why I show these different things, especially the Chinese shipping container homes. Like if somebody's really intimidated, they should just go for something like that. Or even or even like a travel, travel trailer, or if they have even less money, even retrofitting your car, it's like, the biggest, know, I hate to say it, but I would do it. The biggest fear, though, is is the the idea of, okay, if I'm going to move somewhere, well, you can't just move to empty land and then say, okay, now that I'm here, I'm going to start working on getting this container home. Like, you know what I'm saying? You can't just live nowhere until that container home arrives. So do you buy the land first? Now, now the land has to be close to where I live now or else everything's going to be done without my knowledge as far as the shipping. How does it get there? I need to go travel there. If I travel there, where am I staying? It's just that's the headache for me. Is that I, um, well... That's where it pays to have friends, Jaron. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, because otherwise... Well, I mean, just... I think you just start You start with one thing at a time. So, for example, if you were really going to go off-grid, you have to think about where you're moving, and you actually have to like the area. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it would probably be good to travel and check it out first right. and hang Step out there one. for a few weeks, especially with this corona bullshit. I mean, you're going to want to know whether how people are behaving. Because if, if, if they're behaving like total jackasses, then maybe it really is worth going somewhere else. Like, right. like what you said is, you know, you left uh, Colorado. Or did you leave Colorado or just the city you're in? You left I left Colorado and Denver. Denver specifically was the problem, but I left Colorado altogether. I'm in the I'm in uh, the Carolinas now. Yeah. See, the thing is, is I left I left the United States out of protest like 10, 15 years mm -hmm. ago. So I was so disgusted already that I, I'd gotten out way early, which is why. And I've been accumulating this type of information, you know, to help people make the world a little bit better. And that was the thing. Um, I noticed so many benefits in being outside of the U.S. It's, things are just cheaper. You know, there's less restrictions. And it's easier to do the things that you're talking about, Jaron. I mean, getting land and stuff like that was easier. Right. So uh, then cheaper, step one is to good. go to where you have an idea and then start there. And then step two becomes, okay, now let me look for land in this area that I like, uh, which may, you know, that might be step three, four, five after you found the place that you like. Uh, so there's, you know, numerous steps, which I think is why people think this is overwhelming because they just think, well, I can't have a container home ship to Argentina. 
and just move down there. No, that's probably not the order of things. The order of things would be to move to Argentina and see if you like it, or at least visit, yeah. not necessarily yeah. move. So you know that's why everything takes steps. Um, you know, my idea is <laughs> simply. I mean, I know that uh, a lot of people have problems with the United States. Uh, I'm a United States citizen. Uh, you don't have to do much to you know move within the United States, and there's so much land out there. Um, that I feel like it would be possible to move out, find a cheap place, land, and then build your kind of own spot out there. Uh, I still think that's possible here, but it's it's expensive. That's the problem, is that it's going to cost you more than if you did it somewhere else. The problem with the United States is that they'll find ways to permit. Right. Like, they'll nickel and dime you on the per I mean, I can't say that about every district, because some, some places might be a little bit more relaxed, but I just know that it, it, even all the things that I'm preaching here, even me, I, it was causing me a lot of distress, just thinking about it. Just having to go through the city to ask them permission for anything was... Uh, I mean, granted, I, I'm the type of guy, I would break the law and just do it, and just when they come, defend myself, but, you know, obviously, you know what you're getting yourself into when you do that, and not everybody is going to be willing to do that. So, that's also why I kind of brought up things about certain structures that you might be able to move if you had to, taking out land claims, uh, pole barns, stuff like that. There's there's ways around those types of things, and actually, you could just go get the permits. Some places will allow you, there's a couple places in the U.S. which don't have permit rules, but now you have to consider with all this corona stuff, is it even really worth it? I mean, do you, are these places even fun anymore? Because right. one of the things when I first left the U.S. was it's really distressing. You know, I'm like leaving friends behind, leaving family behind, and, you know, I'm on my own, essentially. So that that was hard. And I can I can sympathize with you if you have to leave Colorado and you have friends and loved ones and family there. It's like, well, that sucks. You know, but at the end of the day, you know, you build your own family. Right. You know, your wife, your kids, and everybody that you have, that's your structure. That's your family. Those are the people. That's where your source of love comes from. And your friends, you know, they're a phone call away or a flight away if you have the time. And if you're off grid, you have more money right. and you're gonna have more time. And it's just way better across the board. I mean, if you have more money, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and we you know, thought about exactly the same thing because yes, all my family and all Cammy's family is in, in Colorado, but it's like, you know, we didn't visit them that much there as it was anyway. <laughs> and we're figuring, well, you know, if we actually wind up going back for a visit, you know, we might actually get some quality visit time. And, you know, because it's just, a, you're going there for that specific purpose. But yeah, it is kind of bizarre. You know, we come out here and we know a few people out here. We're not all that far from Karen B and um, there's other flat earthers and stuff out here. But I mean, wow, talk about strange. I mean, it is so different here. I mean, it's beautiful here, but it's so, so different. Um, but I do have to admit, I really like the Southern hospitality. And I mean, people are so friendly here. It's amazing. We're just blown away by that. So it does have its its perks as well. That's weird because when I moved out to Colorado from California, I was shocked at the hospitality of those who live in Colorado. So it just shows you how <laughs> shitty people are over here in California that even that wasn't good enough for Bobby had to move out. Yeah, no. I've, heard that, I've heard that certain parts of California are considered the least friendly state in the country. Yeah, like New, York. Like New York. Was, New York seemed worse to me just because there's so many people and the, the last thing that they are concerned with is any other human being, uh, just because they're so busy <laughs> and just fed up with it. But uh, yeah, I think Owen Benjamin was talking about it recently and he's just, he's so right. I think that's the outcome of living in a city is if you live in a city and you're around people constantly and you're dealing with traffic and taxi drivers and people everywhere, then what you do is you grow to dislike people. And so you walk through the streets of New York and those people are just heading from point A to point B and they don't care about looking at anybody. They'll r r rush right by you. That's just a you know, an effect um, of living in a city like that. That's what's going to happen. Um, yeah. Whereas he lives on a homestead. Exactly, and that, that's, that's something it's been talked about. It's called the metropolitan type. Right. It's like how, what happens with people in a city that, that's something that has been studied, exactly what you're talking about. As being, yeah. uh, there's a guy called Georg Simmel. He's quite famous for talking about the metropolitan type in social science. And it is what you're saying. You, you need, there's a because of the density and so many people coming sure. and going, you need to kind of make your own little shell. 
Right, because you put if you put a hundred people in, yeah, put a hundred people in a in a room together, they're gonna, you're going to quickly within a couple hours hate people in general. There's just going to be too many people in there. You're just going to hate them. Whereas if you put you know two people in a room or three people in a room, uh, the people all of a sudden become the, the, the best part about it. Oh, hanging out with these people, getting to know these people, liking these people, doing things together with these people. But you would never feel that way in a room with a hundred people. You would just get sick and tired of people real quickly. So that's mm -hmm. why you know when you have a homestead, kind of like um, Owen has, you know, he says he you know, reaches out and appreciates each and every one of his neighbors because it's like, all right, sweet, there's a, a neighbor here. You kind of grow to like the people that you're around, um, which is, you know, and I used to live out in the country when I lived in Gilroy, where, you know, you, there was no neighbors to our left or right, but we knew the people that lived, I would call it next door, but it was, you know, uh, probably a quarter of a mile away. But you knew those people and were very happy with those people because you all shared that kind of country living lifestyle. Uh, it's something that's nice, you know, you want to, you want that. So for me, that's something I look at. My brother just moved to the hills, basically in California, and, uh, you know, sold his house in uh, Los Banos for uh, you know, quite a bit. I don't remember what, what exactly it was, but he was able to buy land up in these foothills and then basically build his home from scratch for like 200,000. But again, he built like an actual home with, you know, particle board, you know, the whole thing. Um, but then I start looking at that, like, okay, well, he bought the land for 30, and we're talking in California. So there's much cheaper places to do this, right? I mean, California would probably be the most expensive. So then I start looking for places around where is there a place where you can get some land and then build what you want. And I mean, some of these pole barns, the clear span stuff that you showed was amazing. Um, yeah. the, the Apis Cork concrete printer was insane and you're right that's that's right around the corner probably isn't it oh no i mean it exists yeah they, but I mean, they, they have it for retail you can you can buy it this recently released but there was some but there was some people that did it before that they were not as good though because the apis core is more portable whereas the other ones were using almost like scaffolds to do it and, and then so this seen, one's better because it's like you know it's it's, it's turning from the center point, have you, you seen know, the machine like that circular. builds the builds houses with bricks right you've seen that yeah they, yeah they've done it with drones too really they build the yeah, so the drones pick up the bricks and then put them into position. That doesn't seem like it's cheap. Uh, well, once you, I think once you get the programming down, I think the problem really is is just your initial setup's probably tedious. Right. You know what I mean? And besides, I don't, I doubt that they're doing stucco or anything, so it's probably a very special type of brick. You know what I mean? But really, the issue, so the, the biggest, the most expensive thing in building a house is not going to be your walls, which is something that I've learned. It will be your roof, your foundation, and your... It could be your foundation. It depends on, like I said, the weight of your house. So that could be cheap, but it could also be expensive. But it's also the your labor, fit, right? The labor is fittings and labor, yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you can cut, if you can cut that stuff down, then yeah, you can you can get off grid for super cheap, extremely cheap, way way cheaper than people think that they can. And uh, yeah, this is actually what I had playing here. Is this is? Have you ever seen this one? It's called pot and pot cold. So this is what they use in places like, you know, certain parts of South America, Africa, stuff like that. You can do refrigeration for like nothing. And how you do it is you pour sand in the rim, and then you pour water in this, and then anything inside of here will stay cool. And it works using convention, uh, convection, I think. So, yeah, so see, they cover, they moisten a towel, and they cover it, and then this will keep people's goods cool for, like, you know, a few days. You see what I'm saying? So they don't have to waste as money on refrigeration. But this is, like, really low-tech. I guess it just depends on how low-tech you want to go. If you still want to not do electricity, you can do these. These are walk-in ground fridges, so these are buried. And then they don't require electricity essentially at all. They're similar. I guess it'd be similar to doing like a wine cellar. Oh, you know. You see, mm -hmm. so you get one of these bad boys and you just stuff them in the ground and you never have to pay electricity. Although I don't think refrigeration is a big cost. It's not a big cost. Like I said, heating and cooling is a problem. So, and it's another reason to work with dirt as well. I guess if you think about it, because you're going to save so much money. Those houses are super insulated to the point where sometimes they don't even need heating and cooling. Um, 
But I don't like the idea of burying structures as much because you'd have to do a lot of excavation. There's you have to worry about leaks and water settling into your house. So there, there's other issues as to why I don't like buried structures. I like them, but they're not my favorite. And as far as the energy stuff, so I've researched that as well, and I've decided that actually the most efficient and by far, like by a landslide, the cheapest form of energy production is nuclear. It's not even close. Like nuclear is amazingly cheap. The reason why it doesn't come out cheap on the consumer level is because of the nuclear scare scam. Are you guys familiar with, have you seen the documentary of Eric Dubay where he was saying like the nukes don't exist? And... Oh yeah. Yeah, so well, then he's talking about them. nuclear weapons though, right? Yeah, of course, nuclear technology. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think nuclear weapons exist either. Yeah. As far as nuclear power technology, um, yeah, Jerry's <laughs> still out on that, but I think it might exist, yeah. Yeah, so there's the guy Galen Windsor who used to work on the old nuclear power plants. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you guys familiar with him, or have you gone over him before? Yeah, in your yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He eats plutonium. He used to swim in the water and everything, and yeah. no problem. He was in charge of security. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, but then uh, what, the radi it's just radiation, which is heat, and then you produce the energy that way, right? Right. So the so the thing is, is it's one of the most efficient forms of heating water like in existence. And one of the things is, is that the reason why nuclear is about the same price as hydroelectric. So it is one of the cheapest for sure. And the only thing that comes into competition with it is hydroelectric. And that's because the cost of nuclear is driven up by really, really expensive, you know, insurance policies, disposal, hazmat, all that other stuff. You know, so really what it is is that the security of having to run a nuclear power plant is so exorbitantly high that it makes it cost prohibitive, you know. But really funny have you seen this called uh how to make a new have you ever there's a documentary i think it's called nuclear boy scout have you heard it have you heard of that one uh-uh this one is this is amazing i have to share this i really hope you guys will be able to hear my audio on this boy scout he spent his backyard using every Holland was no ordinary boy scout he spent his teenage years built a nuclear reactor in his garden shed the result was an environmental disaster so how did david conduct a series of nuclear experiments in his backyard using everyday items You can make a model of a new reactor using these materials which you have at home. Thorium is a radioactive element which is used in old gas lanterns to make them glow more brightly. To extract thorium for your own experiments, get as many lantern mantles as you can find. Blowtorch them into a powder, mix the powder with some lithium from a battery, then wrap it all up in foil. Now heat your chemicals in a tin can filled with cooking oil. This will give you pure radioactive thorium. If you have enough of it, you can fuel a nuclear reactor. In a reactor, thorium can change into uranium or plutonium, which is used in, in nuclear bombs. A neutron gun makes elements radioactive, so you'll want to build your own. You will need a lead block, some aluminum foil, and the radioactive americium from hundreds of smoke detectors. The americium will give off a stream of radioactive alpha rays. When alpha rays hit the aluminum in the foil, they produce subatomic particles called neutrons. Neutrons react with other elements and turn them radioactive. Your neutron gun is neutron fun and an excellent source of radiation. To extract the radium from your glow-in-the-dark clock, you have to take the hands off very carefully. Gently dip the hands in solvent to remove the paint. And there you have it, real glowing radioactive radium, an excellent high-grade source for your reactor. It's time to bring together everything you've learned from your nuclear experiments. Place the americium from the smoke detectors and radium from the clocks on a piece of foil. This will be the radioactive core of your reactor. Make some cubes out of the thorium from the gas lanterns and ordinary charcoal and wrap them in foil too. 
Arrange the cubes into a bigger cube. Drop the americium and radium core into the center of the cube and bind it all together in duct tape. Cobalt drill bits will act as your control rods. This is now a makeshift reactor. If the reactor is working, you can now make plutonium. This Please tell insane. me. You heard the audio? Yes, yeah. this is insane. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> I love that video so much. It's so hilarious. I had to try to avoid laughing when watching. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but basically there's been kids, no joke, who've made their own nuclear stuff at home. There's You can catch a few articles on it. And then, of course, then, the, you know, they get raided and the FBI comes in and gives them all this shit. So. <laughs> but, so it's not recommended. Yeah. Not recommended. So, but, but if you were, actually, if you were if... to make something like that, though, and and turn it into an energy device to produce your heat or air conditioning, I mean, how long would something like what he just built last? In other words, would it be indefinite or? Oh yeah, that's the best part about nuclear power. You don't need that much uh, material to really stretch a very long time. I mean, I've heard that just like a few grams of this stuff can practically go as long as you need to. Like for if you were going to power a car or your house or something like that. I mean, when you think about the suppression of free energy, a lot of it started with nuclear power, and that's and that was actually some one of the quite understand when I was first doing my research you know of course I have like on my spreadsheet I have like literally anything and everything I found for free energy you know I see if I have over here by electricity or energy yeah I mean human kinetic power micro uh, micro hydro solar panels solar paint Fresnel lens hydrogen power wind power tidal power so I have all this everything and I even have like like some free energy stuff so like links to some of the different things that people have claimed but you know the, the truth of the matter is, is if, I, if i'm going to come on here and i'm going to talk about that stuff right i don't want to give you guys stuff that some guy's built in his garage just to say like oh well this could work but we don't really know because i haven't like replicated it so because of reasons like that i decided to choose things that consumers have access to so like people have access to solar they have access to wind they can do it and it's honestly not that expensive as i was showing you you could get i got like 10 kilowatt of panels which is like a tremendous amount of energy and i i got that for like a couple grand from china now granted i had to pay shipping and i have to pay for the inverters there's another 1500 right there so when so you're all said and done you're probably gonna pay about nine thousand for a system like that but so you're talking okay, to us, in the back, well, back, you talking to us huh? now and everything is on you're doing all your power through solar as we speak yes Oh, it would change. I, actually, so I have another thing that I'm doing too, which is uh, atmospheric water generation. So, so atmospheric. So I can generate. I actually generate my own water. Yeah, we could probably pull that off real easy here in the Carolinas. It's humid as AF here. <laughs> Interestingly enough, it doesn't have to be that humid. So yeah, that's what I. That's what I heard from when they tried to put that in the desert. I think in in Ecuador or Colombia or Peru. I forget. It's super dry. Basically, they had these. I don't know how the convection tower that collects the humidity from the air and produces pure yeah. water for drinking and they got rid of that right away because it's free water from the air <laughs> yeah i mean if if you really want to be a humanitarian and help people then that's probably one of the best things you can do however i should i should mention here atmospheric water generating is actually the most expensive way to produce water which is why people don't do it but you have to also consider that if you're kind of efficient with your water see it's not it's not that it's expensive <clears throat> to produce water it's more just like you have to think about that you are making your own water. So most people can't well for water. They don't have a way to do it. So they're still going to rely on the city. But just the fact that you can trust the water that you produce is a big deal. Mm -hmm. You know, that you can trust that the water you're producing is absolutely perfectly excellent quality. 
So I think even if it's just enough for your drinking and just dishes and stuff is is fine. I mean, even for toilets, you can use incineration. If you don't want to use water, you can use incineration toilets, which are pretty pretty good. And like that's it really good. Like if you're going to retrofit like a bus, a short bus or a trailer, and you don't want to deal with the black and gray lines, then incineration septic systems are actually pretty pretty excellent. You know. So, um, because the water actually is one of the biggest consumers of water, or the, the the toilet is one of the biggest consumers of water, so it uses multiple liters per flush. So that's where you're losing the most so water. So it's burning. Hour. Huh? Yeah, it burns them. And it's so like an ash. You don't smell it. It goes out. Burn? It goes out to the smoke limit. It doesn't even smell about it at all. These are these. What they look like? They're for RVs. Wow. Yeah. I've never heard of that. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, it's like it's probably too much for today's show to go over all of it. That's why, like, I picked some some highlights for you guys. Of all these things that I'm that I'm doing, and even the stuff that I've showed you, I've had to skim over some some details. Yeah, but, this is, so, this is so great stuff, so, though. Lots of stuff. So, so here's another thing. So the the most expensive part of an electric electricity system is definitely your battery, by far. That's why most people don't do it. And the to give you an idea, the nickel iron batteries that I had. Let me see, pull up the photo again. So these costed me. They're not really that bad when you think about it. It's like a couple hundred bucks a piece. So compared to acid or lithium, it runs me about the same as a lithium pack. People think they're more expensive, but they're not because you can just get them from China. Uh, so if these are a couple hundred bucks a piece and 600 amp hours, then imagine that this system cost me about $10,000 just for the just for the batteries, which is a lot of money. However, uh, you can do. I mean, you but can you have do, all the electrical um, you need. You don't need. You don't pay anything else. That's it's a one and done kind of thing, right? Yeah. Well, so these batteries never need to be replaced. You know, like mm -hmm. once you have it, you're done. This is this will last you a lifetime, and you'll be able to hand it down to your kids. So that's think of amazing. it that way. You're not you're not just getting yourself off. That's another thing about off grid. You're not just getting yourself off grid. You're getting anybody who comes after you off grid. If you're using the right material, you know. Right. Here's another one uh, for so so if people don't want to go for the nickel iron route and they want to go through lithium, I strongly recommend using lithium titanate, not lithium ion. The lithium titanate is my other favorite for energy storage, and these are right here. Yeah, so these are 2.3 volts. So these things will last 20,000 cycles, which is well, that's what they've been rated at. You know, we'll have to see, but I, I think they will. So these will last about 20,000 cycles. It'll last you like 50 years, 40. They're way better than regular regular lithium, and they don't have the same problems that lithium has. They don't have the security problems of you know overheating or uh, you know like if you have issues with voltage voltages and sometimes they'll blow up. You know, you've probably heard of lithium batteries blowing up or going bad. Mm -hmm. Uh, they're good, but they'll they'll be done in 10 years, whereas these will last you you longer. Um, and they, oh, the other thing about lithium titanate is they charge so fast. This is what they're going to end up using for electric cars for sure, because you can fill up your electric car at the same speed that you pack almost at the same speed that you fill up gas at a gas station. That's how fast they charge. Wow. So and they're not that expensive. Like if you look at your cost per amp hour, you say like, okay, this is 30 bucks. So 30 bucks, we'll, to find out how many watts you do, we'll take the volts, 2.3, multiply it by, just so anybody wants to know how to do this, multiply it by 40. equals IE, yep. Yeah, there you go, so 92. So we get 92 watts uh, out of that. And if you have a, well, let's see, 2.3, so you could do 24 volt systems, so you'd probably do like 10 of these. So 10 of these, you'd get 920. And if you're consuming like 30, 40 watts a day, you could probably get away with this. You'd probably wanna get a little bit more amp hours than this, so you could connect two in parallel. So you just connect to it. Whoops, I had a ton. Whatever, but you get it. So you have eighteen hundred. Um, right, nine twenty times two. You know, and then you would pay. How many was that? That was twenty. So it's like six hundred bucks. It's not that fast. And that's just like for your most your basic stuff, like for your laptop and stuff like that. Well, for your house, you're going to consider your fridge is going to cost you forty uh, per hour. Actually, no, it's not. The, it's going to cost you sixty because the most efficient ones can get down to fifty, but they got to spend more money on the fridge. 
And then your laptop, I don't know, what's your laptop cost you? Like another 40? Uh, let's just say That'd 40. be an awful lot for a laptop. How much? They're less, right? Yeah. 20? Yeah, I'd say 20. Okay, well, all right, well, then I'll say your lights. Like, let's say you have four LED bulbs. The LEDs are running five watts. So, like, let's say you have 100 now um, per hour, and then you want to take into account, well, like a water pump and other stuff. So, let's say you're going to run 200, yeah? So, 200 times 24 is what you want in a day. So, you're going to need 4.8 kilowatt minimum for, like, a comfortable house. This is, like, a minimum, I would think. But this is fine. So, you could take from these batteries, for example... How many did we get here? 2.34 times... Uh, okay, that's one battery. So now we want to do... We'll do 20 of them. Okay, so we have to do a little bit more. Times okay, so that's... What was that? 20? So 80 times 30. Okay, so we're going to pay $2,500, basically, for this system. But this will last you a lifetime. Hmm. And then there's some yeah, well worth it. Absolutely. So oh yeah. Like, like Bob said, it, you know, it's costing you right now three hundred bucks, four hundred bucks a month. Yeah. Yeah. Is that how much you pay? Is that how much you pay for energy, Jaren? Four hundred a month? No, mine's a lot less. Um, but uh, we try and keep the air conditioner off as much as we can. I mean, right now we have to use it because Miss is pregnant. So right now it's um, about two hundred bucks. Yeah. Well, if you want AC, so you're that's gonna... why you extend in a year, right? It's more of us. Yeah, is no, that, is that correct? Like, yeah, I was kind of doing the math over here and I was coming up with, you know, within two years, you definitely have paid for it, is what you would have in a house in the city here. Uh, mm -hmm. So I was looking at it like everything after two years is you're in the clear. Free. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm going to be, I can definitely tell you, I'm going to be adding a lot of this stuff to uh, my house as we go forward because this is just unbelievable. Thank You've you. really opened my eyes a lot here. This is great stuff. I'll share it with you is later. Is it easy man. to and set I'll... up after you to connect okay. all these batteries together and, and have a system like like yours? This is better yeah. than yours, you'd say. Uh, I wouldn't say better. It, it's different. Um, nickel iron versus lithium titanium is a very, very close call. It depends on what you want to do. I mean, these have... You'll be able to pull more energy in and out of these. So one of the little drawbacks about nickel iron is they're going to charge and discharge a little slower than your average battery. It's still pretty good, but this is going to be super fast charge and discharge. So this can help you generate a lot of energy at once, but you wouldn't necessarily need it for a house. So really, the, at the end of the day, you want to think about your heating and cooling, if that's even necessary, if your house is not super insulated or anything. Um, do you get and good... also, Darren, have you, have you looked into propane AC? I think that there's a way to do air conditioning with not electricity, but I could be wrong. I've looked it up before, and then I don't know, because I haven't found like a model for so, it. So as far as your they... place right now, are you ever in any... Uh, how's the storage on the battery? So for instance, like right now where I'm at, we're full of smoke. I can't even barely see the sun. Uh, does your system allow for three, four, five days with no sun? It, it would store um, your energy yeah. enough? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, where I am is kind of weather similar to San Diego, so we <laughs> it's sunny every day. But, um, but yeah, if you consider that I have 24 kilowatt, mm -hmm. so that's a lot, man. I, I could probably run three, four days, no problem. I'm, there could be certain times where I'm going to have to reduce a little bit mm -hmm. what I'm using. Um, oh, and then another thing. So atmospheric water generators will cost you two kilowatt uh, for 200 liters a day, which is a tremendous amount of water. But that's a lot you'll of water. Never, <laughs> you'll never be able to run two kilowatt all day unless you're willing to throw down some, some serious cash on your, but on you have your water. But you have a refrigerator uh, and, a, and a freezer running all the time. Oh, yeah, all the time. I, I'm, I'm actually a waste. I'm, I'm a hog for energy. I, I throw, I, I waste a lot. So, yeah, I could I, I could waste more. In other words, I can run my two kilowatt water generator for about five, six hours a day, mm -hmm. you know, and still be more than enough to have for my house. And that would give me, you imagine, a quarter of, so I'd maybe pick up 50 liters a day of water, of fresh water. And it's pulling all from the atmosphere. Yeah. 
And actually, wow. so the water, I think you do kind of have to purify it a little bit, but you would just use like a sand filter. So I have, I wish I could show you a picture. The filter that I have is like a whole house filter. And what it does, it has this like charcoal or sand, or I don't know what it is, carbon right. inside of it. And I really like filters where you don't have to go buy new filters. I feel like that's such a scam, you know? Yeah, we all use a it's, water distiller in our homes, which obviously plugs in and probably uses a ton of electricity. Um, I've never even paid attention to that, obviously. But use a thousand watts. <laughs> is that how much it is? Yeah, probably. I, I haven't looked, but it's got to be at least a kilowatt, it's I would be say. Ton. Yeah. Yeah. So not not like these. I found a good one. I think it was on eBay. Um, but yeah, it looks kind of like this, but it's not. And so there's some kind of like this. Yeah. Actually, this could be it. Whole house water filter, granular, activated carbon. It's kind of like kind of like this. But this is probably not the one. No, this isn't the one I got. But. Mm -hmm. The point is, is if you get a filter where you're, you're you're able to switch the material yourself without having to buy a new filter, I like the fact that the one that I got, I can just open it. So the water then comes out from the water from air machine, and then you can use a thing called UVC to purify it. So UVC LED. There's only actually one manufacturer who does this, but it's basically ultraviolet without the mercury bulb, which I like. And then another thing, I don't want to be able to replace bulbs, so I want it to last a lifetime again. So this is ultraviolet light emitting diodes. It's kind of like a newer technology, but they use them for sterilizing water, you know? Oh, wow. You wow. know what, Jared? It uses a lot less power than I thought it did. Uh, it's only 580 watts. Okay. But still, I mean, that's, yeah, that's good. Wow. I stand corrected. <laughs> I had to look. Yeah. Um, but actually, so so here's another here's another trick. If you, if you get land near a running stream of water, mm -hmm. man, you are set. Bob, got and that going. Because you didn't do... <laughs> yeah, you know what? Huh? I was just going to ask you about this because the house we just bought... We have a large river running through our backyard. It's beautiful. Oh, man. Dude, <laughs> you are in luck. You're you're fine. You're you're perfectly. You'll never have to deal with, with energy, and you won't have to spend that much at all. Maybe a few thousand bucks. I'll tell you why. Uh, so you're gonna take what you want to get is here from Ali. Wow, I'm really glad you told me that. So you can get. I am too. <laughs> Joe Hydro. So watch this. You can get a Pico Hydro generator. Some of these are crazy. What is this? 200 kilowatt? No. Oh, that, that ought to be enough <laughs> for the neighbor. So, yeah, you could mine Bitcoin. That, that, that can't be right. No, that can't be right. So, so yeah, here you go. So like a Pico Hydro Generator, this is three kilowatt, right? $760 a set. There you go. Your problem is solved. You have energy. So the, like I said, the thing that's, um, I guess if it wasn't for nuclear, then it would be hydro. But the thing is you need to be near a river. That's wow. the thing. Well, and I of course, you don't want it to freeze states. over. You have to, have, you have to have a plan for when it freezes, if it freezes. You know. I don't think it'll ever freeze, but then again, I don't know, but I don't think so. Well, then you're good to go, man. Yeah, you, you set up one of these things. And the reason why this is so important here is this is basically, I think this will come out as AC too. Yeah, so the, I don't even think you need to convert it. I think you can just go straight to the straight to your house. And the thing is, imagine you're producing this all day, you know? This is all day that you're gonna be producing energy. And the thing is, because you're doing that, you can drop the cost of batteries. Oh, yeah. That's like the million dollar question. The problem with solar is solar. Oh, this is a huge mistake I made in the beginning for your listeners to know about this. So the thing with solar is I'm sitting there thinking, oh, yeah, I'll be like king energy because I'm looking at like the rating of the solar and I'm like, oh, you see, it's 10 kilowatts in my mind. I'm thinking 10 kilowatt per hour. You know, <laughs> I thought I was just going to throw energy around. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. No, that's not what they mean. Because when you take a 10 kilowatt system, you're only producing for four hours a day. So oh, wow, a 10 kilowatt system gets you in solar 40 kilowatts. You see? So wind is probably a little better if you want to energy, but what? 
Yeah, the, the river keeps going all all the time, right? Yeah, exactly. This doesn't stop. You may have to um, dam it, dam the river. Anybody, then, there's a question about whether or not you've seen it. Some people like this. Um, but yeah, so this is running all day. So what this does is this is going to drop the cost of your batteries dramatically, because then you're only going to need just a little bit of battery. You see, you can run this right to your house. So now you're now who says who can't afford to get off grid when you're looking at these types of things. Of course, you're still going to have to worry about shipping, but. This is, a, this is like a game changer if you can get near a river. Of course, you don't want to disrupt the natural habitat either. So you want to make sure if you're you're, re, you're distributing the water through like a pipe or or you're damming the water, make sure that you... I was you know. I was going to ask you something. Uh, if you... I remember when I was a, when I was a child, I was going to this place that had a water clock. I was just fascinated by it because it used the weight of the water and it, and it kept filling and going up and down. It seemed like almost like a perpetual motion kind of thing. Is that possible to do with, with uh, making the water somehow fill something that creates a counterweight that makes it go up so that you can create a, a flow like that or something that... Um, I'm not quite sure what you're referring to. I'm looking for one now. <laughs> also, can you drop that link for the uh, hydro uh, turbine uh, in our sketch chat? Yeah, I'll give you everything after we get, get off the call. Okay? Uh, so I'll give, you, I'll give you access to my spreadsheet, and you'll okay. have. So imagine that, imagine that you have a counterweight uh, with a, that fills up with water and and makes something go up, and that creates some sort of friction that you can harvest. That that's kind of the idea. If you have water coming into one part and that fills something up, that makes something else go up with a pulley uh, type of system oh, to get the okay. water so you flowing. Have, you have a counterweight. I see. Well, then how do you get it back down? Different compartments oh, that fill up, right? Uh, depending on how you fill the different compartments, then you have the structure to start moving. And different compartments fill. As they fill, other things go up, and that generates a kind of friction uh, or a current. Or um, I see. So what you're I saying is you have water fill into a bucket, and then you pump it out, or it comes out, right? But then there's then it falls down. But then but no, but then there's a counterweight. So how would that work? Well, for instance, the, the water, imagine you have two elevators, the simplest way to try to imagine, like you have two buckets, two buckets and, and, a, and a scale that has a pulley, right? So the heaviest bu bucket goes down, and when it goes down, it pulls the other, pull, the other one up, right, as it fills with water. And then that uh, generates, when it, when it goes down, the water comes out of the one that went down, and it starts to, to go the other direction. Something, something those, those lines would have water coming into different compartments and, and creating that weight that uh, makes something go up. And the pulley so, itself would be almost like a ever, water mill type of idea. But. Have you ever seen Gravity Power? Kind of reminding me of that a little bit. Because they have these gravity gravity lights. Like, here, check this out. So you'll take... It's not that much energy for these. Oh, actually, I actually want to find, like, a quick video. Let's see if I can find one. Well, basically, like... Yeah. Here, here you go. So this light is powered by gravity, as you can see. And it's just basically, like, a weight and there's gears, and then they tie something to the weight, and then as it's going down, it generates electricity. It's kind of like a grandfather clock, the way it works, right? Yeah, <laughs> and all you need to do is bring it up yourself. Yeah, what I was thinking more is like water, almost like a water mill system, um, you know, like um, like an old one that you put in the river and makes things roll, and makes the, the, the grain thing moves, so it hits something, right? Uh, That's the, the, but uh, to create, the, to, to then, the turning of the wheel to generate some sort of, of power somehow, and the water to, to be always flowing somehow through. Some well, I know that they do that. <laughs> I think you can produce quite a bit of electricity with a water mill. I know people do it's it. It's similar to wind power, right? It's the same idea. You have something to, to spin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know people do this, mm -hmm. for sure. But I think the micro hydro might be a little more efficient. 
yes, uh, it was probably a similar idea. How does that work? How does that capture the current? They go into this, like we have to direct the water into like a tube. You know, and then it goes down this funnel and then it just goes through here and then the rushing of the water powers the turbine. Yep, just like they do with the big power generation stations and they, they dam it up Same and thing. then they let it flow and it turns the big old turbine wheels, which is nothing more really than an electric motor, um, there, except it's kind of in reverse. Instead of uh, producing uh, you know, mechanical energy, it's producing electrical energy. And then it powers the, the entire Las Vegas. Yeah, exactly. Going <laughs> in Brazil uh, as well, and I've I've been to it. They took us as children to go and you take the elevator on the boat that goes from one level from the dam to the other side of the dam. Right. See the whole thing. Yeah, that's so funny because that's when I first saw that river in the backyard of this house that we just bought. I was thinking to myself, I wonder if we could hook up a hydro generator to it, and then here you are. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, awesome. no, it's, it's as good as it gets, man. If you can if you can get that, but if not, like it's actually I on would... our property. We own it straight up, so it's it's incredible. I would I would recommend if not hydro because not everybody has access to that obviously then you would use solar or or wind I I like solar a little bit more than wind personally. Uh, I was wondering if you could use the you know that same apparatus because it needs to have a water current right. All you need to know is what's the, the speed of that water current and if you can create a, a way to just pump water through that you can generate electricity without the river for instance. Well, I mean what is the the amount of well one thing you want to consider is also if it's going to dry up. So make sure that when, you, when you're when you near something that's really running all the time, you know what I mean? Make sure that it, you, it's something that's going to be running for a while, because once you put the investment and in time into running your whole house off of it, well, you could have a couple solar panels just in case, like if you needed to switch, you know? That way you're never without electricity. It, like, think, think of this, like for instance, if you have solar panels with your battery, like a simple system, mm -hmm. and you use that to run some sort of centrifuge, this centrifuge spins some sort of water that then goes into the other apparatus that collects the river water, but you don't need the river. You just need to run a centrifuge into that water pump thing, so, and that is that possible? Yeah. So let me show you something. This is because what you're talking about is kind of similar to what. So do you know how cities? One of the most efficient ways that cities store water. A lot of people don't know this. They don't use batteries. They use they make lakes, like an entire lake, and they, it's called pumped storage. So pumped storage is basically where you have two reservoirs. You see. And there's a hydro plant here where the water from the top reservoir comes down yes. to the bottom and generates water, and then they pump it back up to the top. So in other that's words, the, yeah, that's what I was thinking. On a small scale, yeah. Yeah. similar to what I was thinking. Yeah, but it requires money to pump up. You see, so this is this is where you're losing, this is where you're losing energy. So it's I don't think this would be, end up being like a free energy system at all because there's a certain amount of energy you need to put in to bring it back up the hill. Not so even close to yeah, it. Be. Well, actually, believe it or not, these are over 90% efficient. So they're they're extremely efficient. It's one of the most efficient batteries you could possibly have. Uh, so, yeah, I get that. But you're saying you're saying basically that um, you know you're running it off the mechanical energy that's produced by the the water running downhill via gravity. But then you have to use that same energy to pump the water back up the hill so that it can go back down. And then there's going to be inefficiency, which I you know I don't even see how it could work. It's more efficient than a regular battery. So a regular battery might be eighty something percent uh, or seventy percent, sixty five percent I think for acid. And these are ninety percent. So it's extremely efficient. It's much more efficient than a battery. And this, so, is, this, this is a battery, technically. So this well, is when you're using true, energy. Though, huh? Even if that's true, though, I mean, how are you coming out ahead? You know, how are you coming out with more energy than it's than it's requiring to pump that that water back up the hill? How oh, does that oh, oh, no, 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 you're not. You're not. It, this is a battery. Okay. Only for no, my, my, my idea, for my storing idea fixing that problem, okay. uh, Bob, was, was to use the counterweight. So as the water, as one part of water goes down, Another part of water goes up with the weight of the water that went down and fills the reservoir on top. That was the idea. 
that I had with the counterweight in the house that would keep the water, uh, you know, the top filling as it unfills. So some sort of system that would mechanically take, uh, like an elevator, uses counterweight. Uh, so uh, so that that would be the idea. The water gets transferred in the bottom somehow, and then uh, with the weight of it unfilling, uh, something brings it up. Even if it's a vacuum somehow, right. some some kind of. Idea no, I like get that. that. Uh, I get that. I was just, I was thinking he was saying, you know, as an entire system. And I'm thinking, well, how does that make any sense? Because, you know, it's a system, you sure you're going to get that energy from the, the turbine, the water turning the turbine, but then you have to then charge a battery or whatever. And that battery is going to run a motor, which is going to bring it back up the hill. And that's like, I was thinking, there's no way that would be, <laughs> you know, no, that would be, be losing in the end. Impossible. Exactly. So now I understand what you're saying, though. So forgive me. <laughs> so you're, you're saying something like there's a, there's a pulley, right? Um, let me see if I can sketch this here. Rodrigo, Rodrigo, Rodrigo. So, so there's a, Oh, I'm sorry. So there's there's a pulley. This is like really high level art, guys. So watch out. Looks <laughs> good. The penis pulley. Yes. And then this is the. I guess this is the counterweight. This is this the weight? And then what? There's like a bucket, right? We'll make a bucket. It's like high class bucket. Here. We'll fill it with water. So when it's filled with water, what happens? Well, the idea is that uh, yeah. I, I mean, oh, I know. I was I, just trying to illustrate I, I, the notion of the counterweight. One, the idea that is that as one thing gets filled up with water, water, the other one goes up and opens something up that lets water back into the system, so that you get this thing to roll, and so that your water keeps flowing down. But I don't know, you know, I, if, I if you were up here, then it would empty. <laughs> if you're up here, it would empty. Yeah. That's fine. And then the counterweight would cause this to go down. But then when you're here, if you fill with water, the question that I have for you is, how do you get the water back up? So once you have the counterweight. Right, it's got to be pulled. Okay. Imagine you have some kind of lake in the bottom, and you have a system to 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 select which container gets the weight or not. Uh, it's something like this. I haven't really. I mean, I'm not an engineer. I'm just this is kind of just an idea of uh, together with the water clock idea. What I saw, because the water clock seemed to be. I don't know if it was. It was just run by water. You can't. Right? You can't and find like a link the, for the for the water clock. Because I was looking for it, but I couldn't find it. Uses. Uh, like pulleys and different things to, to get water. No, it was a huge one. It was an actual, you know, it was a piece, a centerpiece in a, in a whole um, shopping mall. Mm -hmm. had, um, yeah, it would fill up slowly, second by second, and it had all the hours. And it was, I don't know, like, like this? Time. No? I mean, a more complex version of something like that. It's almost like the idea behind a sand clock. You know, imagine that you have a, a sand clock that when it it has some sort of system that when it goes one way, it turns around automatically, and then you you get the. Uh, imagine if you if you have a way to suddenly. Maybe that's on the right there. Maybe on the, on the right hand side, it says Hornsby Water Clock. Oh wow! But holy moly! Is that what you're talking about? I don't know, but that thing's awesome. Similar kind of <laughs> to that. Um, wow. Yeah. No, but this one, it was made of glass, and the water itself would fill the numbers. So the, the glass, it was almost like a chemical set, right? You had the, the numbers were... But was the know, idea level that it water. was like perpetual energy? Is that the idea? Well, the idea is that the water would be moving, yeah. <laughs> and, and be, you know, with that <clears throat> with that control, you know, kind of like what you have in a sand clock. You have that, that, that uh, what do you call it, a net bottleneck right. uh, that, keeps, that creates the time, uh, the dripping. And then... Um, you know that kind of way of keeping the time lets the things make the things move and the pulleys move and the counterweights uh, carry then water uh, from Here, one right. side to another. Imagine if you have a long. <laughs> this uh, is my analogy for you. Have you have you seen the Illuminati? You know the Illuminati card game, the one with like the 9/11 thing. Right. You know, in the mm -hmm. Pentagon, they have one for perpetual motion. It's like perpetual motion machine. It works. It really works. And 27 scientists have gone mad so far trying to build another one. <laughs> 
you know? So it's kind of funny. But yeah, there's a. Uh, somebody must have done perpetual motion. I'm sure they have. Yeah, the moon, the planet, oh, the sun. That's right. <laughs> Thanks, God. Yeah, all perpetual motion. They had a generator. And nuclear power. Almost. Uh, oh, well, uh, sorry, nuclear. With magnets. Bob, I just. It's kind of like. Bob, I just saw yeah, a picture of your. Uh, yeah, sorry, go ahead. I was just say, Bob, I just saw a picture of your river, and I was oh definitely God. thinking smaller than what the picture I saw. Yeah, it's big, isn't it? It's gigantic, yeah. <laughs> it's massive. It's huge. It's a big river. Here, so here's my favorite for water generation. Have you seen? So these are the. Have you seen this one? There's like the Warka Tower. Wow. This is this is just basically a, a tower that has been engineered to perfectly capture water, and I can't remember how many liters it does, but it's it's a lot. Maybe it's like a couple hundred a day or something. I don't know. So in your system that you have at your place, what is what is the what is the part that sticks out of the house that, that captures water from the atmosphere? How big is it? What does it consist? Think of it as like the size of an air conditioner. Okay. So yeah, no, I wouldn't think that you could get. Will produce some water. I wouldn't think that you could get uh, enough water. So how much did you say it pulls in? Forty liters a day. Well, that's assuming I run it maybe four or five hours. But uh -huh. if I ran it all day, I'd pick up two hundred. Okay. So two kilowatt, two hundred liters. Now most systems are going to be at least double that because they're going to have a purification system. Mine, I didn't. I didn't want that. I was just going to do my own. Mm -hmm. So this one is yeah. incredible. Hey, this is super elegant. Eh? The way it's built and how how light oh, it is right. and how effective. What's the name? This is called Warka Tower. Yeah. Um. So this thing is it's incredible. Like canvas. Yeah, I think they like use bamboo or what do they use? I think is that bamboo. Yeah, look. What's the principle behind this uh, to collect water? So basically, the dew and difference in. <laughs> I was gonna explain. It. I'm like um, magic. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> how, does it, how does it work? Good old magic. Uh, yeah, nature so, magic. Yeah. I'll just go to their website. <laughs> right, right. Does it generate some sort of different temperature differential that condenses the water or something like this? No, no, no. It, there's no energy. It's just totally passive. It's wow, just from dew. Incredible. Like, you know how, like, dew drops forms on leaves and stuff? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it's just like that. But it works during the day as well. It works all day, all night. All the time. Let's see. How does it work? Uh, can't imagine. It's shaped like a bottle as well. Interesting. See, I get a higher quality image here. Yeah, a group of antennas attracted uh, attached to the structure with silver kites attached to the tip reflect light, keeping birds away. Oh, that's kind of cool. The triangulated split bamboo frame provides robustness and structural strength, keeping the overall tower lightweight and stable. Okay. Awesome. The canopy provides shade, creating. Okay, yeah, that's nice. What is that? Uh, so, a triangulated network of polyester ropes is used to add stability. Okay. Still doesn't a permeable the magic. allows air to pass through. So here you go. That's what happens. Air passes through, and probably because of how the mesh is designed, it captures the water. Gotcha. Then the water droplets fall from the mesh, and it's like a dew condenser. There you go. Wow. That's it. An 800-gallon, 3,000 tanks. I, I want to figure out how many. I have it found somewhere. I can find out how much this generates. Let me see. Water. Now, the problem with they call that clean drinking water, which is probably why they're spraying the sky. With everything and aluminum, because then now you're, you know, you can pretend it's clean drinking water, but I think it would have to go through some sort of filtration. Yeah. Have you, Bob? Have you had anybody test? You know, I haven't had anybody do. I should do it though. It's just test rainwater at this point. I wonder what it comes back at as a PPM. You know, what kind of uh, contaminants? Are yeah, there? no, I, I haven't had anybody test it, but I wonder about that too. With all the crap they spray in the air, you know, what exactly it's doing to it. Right. So, 
I don't know. Either. Hard to say. Hard to say. Twenty-five gallons a day from the Warka Warka Air uh, Well Tower. Hmm. Which isn't that bad. Uh, this imagine this doesn't consume electricity. So we were just talking about how expensive it is. Right. Right. So to generate great. water, but now we're saying that this structure almost indefinitely will give you twenty-five gallons a day. Jeez. You can at the very least run your all your food growing with this. Well, more more importantly is that you can give people water. I mean, there's people in the world that right. don't even have water. Oh yeah, yeah. For those people as well, for their for their farms, right? I guess it's somewhat they're using for. This is incredible. I mean, this should be everywhere. Right. I know. Yeah. See, that was another. Problem in some places, places that's too much water. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they waste it. Like, look at how much water Vegas. You need to be careful because without that type of water in the atmosphere, we're gonna lose our lens, and maybe <laughs> the curvature appear again. Oh, <laughs> be careful, man. Oh, oh. yeah. Uh, well, here, actually, speaking of farming, um, so the best farming method, actually, so the reason, another reason why I did all this, too, is because I realized when I was younger, I was like, the technology is already here, really. We've already had the innovators, we've already had the technology that we need to pretty much make it so that nobody needs to worry about food or shelter or any of those things. It's, the government creates artificial scarcity, and that's the problem. Right. Even, even something like land ownership, if they got rid of the government and there was no such thing as land ownership, people would just build anywhere. You know, and there wouldn't be any limit on the land that we would be using for farming. And then people wouldn't be as obsessed with farming the same crop on the same land and depreciating the soil. You know, they wouldn't have any problem just throwing seeds wherever they want because there wouldn't be any rule. Um, but yeah, this is so for farming, when you generate a small amount of water, what you want to do is you want to do aeroponics. I've looked at the different systems as far as aeroponics, hydroponics, and some of the other stuff. And I definitely love aeroponics the best. And the reason for that is because there's a, actually a couple things. So the fact that the roots of the plant grow in the air exposes it to more nitrogen, and then they end up growing faster. And what you can do is you can take the water that you use for your plant is actually recycled. So you're going to keep using the same water, essentially, and you save something along the lines of like 90% on your water, which is just crazy. Also, yeah, it's the same method of the airships, right, that they have inside. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, that's the thing about the Earthships that you guys were talking about before, which is really cool. The Earthships is more not, to me, it's not so much about the tire homes. It's about the design. The fact that an Earthship is very strategically designed to make it so that every single one of your needs is met. For example, they'll take like a south-facing wall with the, you know, so when the sun rises, then your plants get all the light that they need and they put the greenhouse up in front, you know. Um, but I think a lot of people are limited in land and things that they can do. And then they think, well, it's not possible for them to grow. But if they start doing aeroponics, then they'll realize they can. And it's really cheap to do. Like this guy, this is a really cool video that you guys should find. It's called an aeroponics tower build. It's a two-part build. And I really love this one. So this guy takes basically a barrel and he just drills holes in it. And he takes, these are angled PVC, like I think like 45 degrees, okay? Mm -hmm. He takes the, the plant, just puts it in here and then the roots hang. And then through this, there's a hose here. And this hose will run the water in and it'll spritz it around. And there's a lot of talk on forums and stuff about what you know, what parts to use and stuff. But it's not that hard at all. It's not expensive. And what it'll do is that this will just like spray a mist and then that'll mist your plants. And then the water will be collected back here again in the bottom. What's so awesome about this is you can go vertical. So you save a lot of space on land when you start to go up and there's a whole bunch of things you can grow. Like there's so many things. I could find a list, but it's anything. It's everything that you would need to eat really. Wow. All kinds of fruits and vegetables and stuff like that. And they grow really well. Actually, they look good. I've seen all these systems. They look really healthy. And for the nutrients, what you're going to want to do, I actually really like spirulina. But then you have to so, pump that back to the to the top. I mean, do you you make up in what you lose in electricity? Where what? Well, if you're taking water from the bottom and then you're having to pump it back to the top, right? For the, oh, yeah. But no, you're not doing it all the time. Mm -hmm. 
you're just doing it when you need to give the plants water and nutrients. What you're going to want to do is you're going to want like a sprinkler timer. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So water them a certain amount of times per day, and it'll just automatically do it for you. Mm -hmm. From that base. You know I mean? Right. Yeah, you just have a timer. It'll set to do a certain amount of minutes and a certain amount of times per day, and it'll do everything. And it'll just spray your plants. And then, of course, then that way, if you have plants with different requirements, with different sunlight and different water requirements, you can put them together, you know, mm -hmm. and they just grow amazing, you know? If you want to give them nutrients, because you'd be like, well, but they're not in contact with soil, so how do I, don't I have to pay for nutrients? It's like, well, that's true, but the amount of money you're saving on land, uh, you know, water, and also pests, because pests, you know, with those systems, there are very few pests that you have to worry about, which is a major uh, benefit. So, but this is like the, tech, the technology way of going about things. I'll show you one more thing after this. But this is the way that you're going to want to feed them, in my opinion. You would use spirulina, I, I think, because spirulina can be just grown with sunlight, and just you just put some air and carbon in there and then they they really love that and then they get excited and they they grow and these will feed your plants and spirulina is one of the most nutrient dense foods in the world right. so so like they have the entire nutrient profile they have all the amino acids they have all the vitamins all the minerals and i'm shocked that this isn't used for fertilizer instead they feed our it's plants like kind of it's an algae from river yeah, yeah or it's a blue lakes. Algae. yeah it's algae basically <laughs> But you can super, grow that. Super that's some of it. It's quite dense when you buy it in powder. I have a spirulina power I bought like year, years ago, and I haven't even finished it. I, I make smoothies with it, and it's so funny, this, this stuff, because it's a single-celled organism. So if you put like even like a gram in a smoothie, you know, the entire thing just turns green. <laughs> Plus, NASA grows it in space. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's got that benefit going for it. Yeah. Space-friendly. <laughs> And then there's the other way to, so this is the technology way to go about things, but if you have extra land, then you may want to look into the one straw revolution. So this guy is a Japanese guy, and he would make these little rice balls, and he would just throw them out into the land, and he doesn't water, he doesn't do irrigation, he does more like permaculture, and he combines different plants together to make more of an ecosystem, and he just, see, here's the seed balls that he does. I, I honestly think you could drop these things via drone and just force the government to deal with fruit trees or <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, he's this guy's amazing, and he gets better yields on his rice crops than even like traditional farmers. Wow, yeah, I'm that out. I think they call it the, the one straw revolution because then what he'll do is he'll crack straw and he'll lay it against the field, and he doesn't soak the rice in water either. So his 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 philosophy. Let me see if I can hear see him say it in the subtitles. It's really funny. His philosophy for farming is to do nothing. <laughs> I like that philosophy. Yeah, me too, man. That's good. Where do I sign up? <laughs> so the idea is, is that the survival of the fittest, if you put down a lot of plants and you just neglect them, you do nothing, and but you combine them in a certain way, you kind of have an ecosystem that the stronger plants will survive, and then you can just go out and you can forage. I'm trying to remember who told me that. It was more. two years ago at the Denver conference. Uh, one, of the, one of the people came up to me and was telling me about how they garden in their backyard and they basically took that principle which was just to plant everything they could think of everywhere they could think of and then they said that they kind of went by the survival of the fittest and certain things started to work other things didn't uh and then they kind of just supported the things that did and before you knew it they had 30 different things growing and they just said it's been an amazing yield and it was just because whatever took off and ran on its own that that's what they went with it's like yeah it's a great idea rather than you know to be so meticulous and okay i need lettuce here and i need my carrots here plant it across your whole backyard and whatever takes go with that I like that idea, at least for some yeah. of me, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think you can even see him go out, like he'll forage. See, he's like foraging for roots and stuff and plants. And... He reminds... It's like my, it's like Linda Garden. 
That's how Linda Gardens is, whatever happens? Yeah, Linda Garden <laughs> has a lot of plants, uh, food plants, uh, but everywhere, you know, where, where it grows, it grows. And... Right. Yeah, I think that's better sometimes than trying to do it perfect and say, okay, I need this growing here and this growing there, which you may want for your own meticulous reasons, but really let things grow where they go. This guy reminds me, you remember the guy that you showed us that grew the giant vegetables? Yeah, with the root, yeah, <laughs> yeah. the giant vegetables from Mexico. Yeah, yeah the guy from Mexico. He talks, he, the secret was that he talks with the plants and he asks ask the plants <laughs> to grow bigger. Right. <laughs> okay. And there is a complete uh, book at, you know, specified in the technique made by a French guy. But uh, that's really was the secret. I mean, the guy is also talk. Uh, he only talks about. I, I I communicate with the plants. It's all all you need. Yeah. So this, the the thing is that the government is they're going for everything now, and and it's at the point where people really need to think about their own survival. So that's what a lot of this is about. And it's also just about thriving in general. Like, imagine if you had communities of people who were just throwing down like fruit and you know all different types of seed, like almost like community gardens. And what if people started doing stuff like that? And there was just wild fruit growing. One of the one of my favorite memes is that is this one about like homeless people. Whereas why don't the question was why doesn't cities plant fruit trees to feed the homeless? Right. Mm -hmm. And you know that in, in Cuba that that actually ended up happening because of the sanctions against trade, and they didn't have food coming from anywhere, so they had to actually turn to permaculture so, <laughs> and uh, and started having. Fruit trees everywhere. Well, they need, a, they they need a threat. They need it? a threat of what happens if you don't pay the taxes, what happens if you don't pay your property taxes. They need some sort of threat, and that threat is homelessness. So they need the people living in the tents on the side of the road so that you look at that and say, I don't want that to happen to me. I don't want that to happen to my family. If they did what they should do, like you said, on every city block where they've got all these trees planted, if they just planted you know, peach trees and plum trees, and then people would be like, man, if I become homeless, I'll just be able to walk along and eat off the, all these beautiful trees. They don't want that. I mean, I don't even think that it's that they want to, to scare us, Jaren. I think it's that they have that much contempt for homeless people. Like, there was an area in Fort Lauderdale where they banned feeding homeless people. So if you fed a homeless person, you could get in trouble and it caused protests. And there was like an old man that was like 90 years old who does, I don't know, he's like with a church and giving people food. Chocolate And that's the thing that he would do. And they, they, the police fucking arrested the guy. Right. It was the most appalling thing I'd ever seen. And it just goes to show, like, if you're a sheep and you see that and you still don't get it, then, yeah, of course, then when Corona comes, you're not going to get that either. You know? Um, yeah, I think yeah, it's, it's pretty sad, isn't it? Yeah that the world has gone to that level. I mean, That's idiocracy, I, I wonder how far past that point we actually are, to be honest with you. We're beyond it. Yeah, this it seems that way. In, in idiocracy, people were at least getting laid and having fun. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, that's you what know. they're pushing now, right? You have lots of sex, it, it decreases coronavirus or whatever. That's the new line. <laughs> well, I, I was sort of being funny about it, obviously. Love love is more important than sex, but yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so here's another thing. So have you seen this site, Less EMF? Yeah, there's a couple other sites out there too that are really starting to come out with some good stuff and paint and everything mm -hmm. else. They have paint here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Bob's got an EMF meter. Yep, I use a lot. And um, FYI, guys, uh, on Globusters uh, Sunday, I will be we will be world premiering Alex Conspiracy Music Guru's uh, new video and song, which just happens to be about 5G. Sweet. Yeah, awesome. it's really good too. <laughs> oh wow! Can't wait for that. Awesome. Whoa, 30 decibels? That can't be right. That's a lot. I wonder if it's just radio. Insulation? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I don't think this is soundproofing because that seems a little high to me. Just for a paint. <laughs> I was literally looking at something. amazing with that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> You'd be in a quiet room. Production studios should use it. No, I think this is probably referring to, to radio. 
Yeah, that's I was going to say, there's no way 30 dB of sound. No, I wouldn't think so. That would be incredible. <laughs> I'd be going, what would that stuff be made out of? <laughs> Gold. <laughs> yeah. No, so it must be for radio. That's still actually, but even for radio reduction, that's that's amazing. That's pretty good. That's not bad at all. So what is it made of? Is it lead? Mm, I know they have... Oh, shit, I don't know. I know there's some that are silver. This is carbon. I got water-based carbon conductive paint. It's conductive. Is that okay? Hmm. 18 gigahertz. Well, anyway, yeah, so this is kind of cool. Was... And then here's another kind of paint, too, as well. Have you seen Linex coating? Okay, this stuff's probably hazardous, but it's amazing. You know, I have to wonder sometimes if the whole thing about lead paint is not so much that it's that toxic as, you know, they wouldn't be able to use certain technologies to spy into your home, if that isn't the real reason, you know, for them kind of poo-pooing it. I don't know, it just makes me wonder. Well, here, this is, this, check this paint out. So this is, this is like a covering, and they, this is just a rubber, basically, and they'll spray it onto, actually, this little clip right here, right? Uh, yeah, this is a, so behind this wall is a bomb, okay? And they set off a bomb and they just spray, spray the rubber on the wall and then the, the building stays intact. So that's how strong rubber coating is. Wow. This is kind of an important thing to think about for different reinforcing oh. and like what they drop, a con they could drop anything. Wow. And yeah, here's an egg, watch, they'll spray it with the coating and then that won't break, what? you know? Yeah, see? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, they were making truck bed liners out of that stuff. Yep. And they're supposedly really nice. Yeah. I think it's a little pricey to do your whole truck, but it's probably worth it. Yeah, probably. But yeah, the stuff when they put it on your truck bed, I mean, it literally makes it indestructible. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> oh. That's awesome. It, it needs <laughs> to be sprayed with that super heavy machinery type of thing. Yeah, it's definitely not healthy. I mean, you see the guys wearing a hazmat suit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a watermelon. So if you get on your body, if you get this coated around your body, probably it's a big problem. You get it hard coated. coated. Yeah, well, but that's the thing with construction in general. You always want to be safe when, you, when you're working and wow, building. No so way. basically, you can build a house out of the plastic cups. I, was thinking, I seriously was thinking that. I was like, what if you just used weaker material, right? Right. But then you just spray it with this stuff. How would it be structurally? Like you could use maybe like a weak what? No fiberglass or wood or whatever. <laughs> Come on, this is not. I don't know if I believe this one. What? That's insanity. What? Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> All right now I have new ideas for how to build a house. And then here's another one too. This is the last thing on the list. Uh, I could have selected more, but I just tried to select a few things I thought you guys would think was cool. Um, but this is ultrasonic cleaning. Have you seen this? Nope. <laughs> so you can use for cleaning things, this is useful for cleaning, especially mechanical parts. You use ultrasonic waves, which is a really, really high frequency. And you can see how dirty that is. And jewelry, by the way. Yeah, just uh -huh. shake it, just shake it. Yeah, they, they use it for cleaning jewelry, actually. Yeah. But I've heard you can even use it for cleaning clothes, although it hasn't really caught on. I can't remember, there were some drawbacks to it. But still, when you think about it, it's a very low impact way of cleaning things. I think that this is one of those future technologies that is eventually going to be the way to go because the prices have dropped dramatically on ultrasonic devices. So that's what's caused this to be a more commercial consumer end product. Wow. But it's just using nothing but frequencies. Yep. It doesn't the frequencies are amazing if they're used correctly. They can also be very deadly. That's the thing. Yep. In the wrong hands, which we know that it is. Yep, unfortunately. If the, if the government has it, you know, if there's a way to weaponize it, they're going to do it. 
And that's what's messed up about these psychopaths that are in charge. <laughs> and it's so funny when you think of these things and then you look at what they talk about in the news and, you know, Trump is going around stealing the blue mailboxes. You know, that's the big news for the sleepy people. Right. Brother. <laughs> Imagine if the news just showed these things. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I mean, yeah. Right. The world would turn into, like, a bunch of paradise overnight. Yeah, it would. They were able to turn the world into some Orwellian nightmare shithole overnight, so I'm pretty sure at the speed at which they were able to market the coronavirus, I'm pretty sure they could market anything they want to. Right. You know, right now they're teaching people to treat their fellow brother like an enemy. They're, you know, yeah, the common man. I think this is more the. I think this is more the end result of a long, long, tedious programming effort. Uh, you know, basically they've been spending all this time building the bomb, and you know, the last you know several months they just lit the fuse, right? Um, so I think it, it was there was a lot more into it than you know what you're saying, uh, but where you know the end result is spectacular. How fast it's working! It's like wow. Yeah, no, it's definitely. Okay, I'm not, I'm not sharing my screen anymore, am I? I was, I turned that off. No. How, how, how long has it been now? Six months? What is it? I even lost count. Yeah, no, six, seven months. It's been a long ass time. It was supposed to be 14 days, though. 14 days to slow the spread. <laughs> 14 days. Yeah. If we the all pull together, we all wear masks for 14 days, we all stay locked in the house for 14 days, then we'll get over this, flatten the curve, life will be good, we'll go back to normal. Everyone complied, and you know, this is what happened. So next time when we tell people, you know, don't give them an inch. They'll take a mile. They'll take a, a mile. There's a reason for yep. saying that. It's certainly not just to scare people. Because now this will, who knows well, if it'll ever. Is, I, mean, I don't know. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I was just agreeing with you about how it would be planned because in order for them to do these types of things, I don't know why consumers are so naive and they think that, that these decisions to like tank the entire economy or tell everybody to stay home as if they're just decisions made on a whim or in the spur of the moment. But that's impossible because they have entire departments dedicated to this. They have think tanks dedicated to this. The White House staff is massive. They have probably a million people they employ. So they have entire people devoted to the economic impact of things, the consequences of all these decisions. Eventual and there's just no way that they make these decisions on a whim. That's why coronavirus is the type of thing that they would plan 10, 20, 30 years out, maybe more. Exactly. You know? And not only that, they're continuing with it. I mean, you can tell that it's not going to let up anytime soon. When you, I mean, you're starting to see commercials and television shows where wearing masks is the normal on right. it. It's like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, they wouldn't be doing that if this was just a temporary thing. No, and people would recognize that that's the last thing you want to glorify. That's the last thing you want to show is, okay, now AT&T has people in their commercials that are wearing masks. It's just stupid. Why would you ever want that? Um, yeah, or Domino's Pizza. Right. You know, it's like, give me a break. No, it, it, it makes me furious, honestly. I see, I see that Domino's commercial. It just pisses me off. Yeah, it's like, it uh, so bad, and people are just... And now, like I said, they're building these signs. They're not just temporary signs. These are like permanent signs up telling people, uh, beware of coronavirus, uh, make sure you're wearing a mask. The sign I showed yesterday says, don't look... When you pass other people, look the opposite way. And these aren't signs, like I said, these aren't like some paper sign or some plastic sign that's going to be up there for a few months. These are like permanent signs that are going up in mm -hmm. public places like subways and uh, metro places um, because this is what they're going to call the new normal. So this is definitely by plan. It's definitely a rollout. Um, which is frightening to say the least. Yeah. Well, I've I had a friend who was telling me basically that this has kind of made life simpler, not easier, but simpler in the way that a line has been drawn in the sand. It's very clear now right, who the which, sheep are and right. who the blind followers are. They've made they've made our job simpler to identify that. And basically, if they're arresting people for having weddings, they're arresting people for having funerals. I mean, if people don't get it at that point. Then it, it that's that's like more obvious than a cop sitting on a guy's neck for ten minutes. Right. Yeah, <laughs> well, it is. For his life. You know. So it's it's so painfully obvious that if people don't get it at, at this point, it's because they're consenting to it. 
they're agreeing they're agreeing to it. they're part of it and that's why when you have the percentage of people that are that are okay with everything going on you just you know, do, do those people even deserve liberty which is something that you would want to say all no. the time before you'd want to use to say everybody deserves liberty everybody but there's people out there who don't respect it don't even don't don't care about it in fact they think it's some sort of virus they think it's some sort of you know, bad choice of words there they think it's some sort of thing that needs to be steered clear from i mean it's now a derogatory term just like before you know when you hear these cops talking what are you some sort of constitutionalist now what what is wearing a mask taking away your liberties i mean this is a joke now people there's people out there who just think that the government telling you to do something is the definition of liberty is you have the liberty to do as your government tells you you have you know it's just ridiculous i don't know how else to put it yeah Double think. So yeah, that's why I wanted to share these things because I know that you guys talk about problems all the time, and of course, Corona and stuff like that, and it's it's a big deal. I I totally understand, but man, if you, at this point, if you want to find something that for them, I mean, like making dancing, you know, dancing illegal. I mean, it's just so pathetic. Right. It's so ridiculous to the point where why why are we not doing anything about it? And people should start taking action steps. Of course, there's different types of action steps. Obviously, some are much more active. Some are even violent. You know, like people if they're violently revolting or something like that. And I don't know. Maybe well, it's it's, should, it's actually worse. It. It's worse than people not doing anything about it. They're actually supporting it. They're fighting for it. Right. You know, that's the crazy yeah, thing. It's like, well, the thing about know, it is, those no, of us that are resisting, there's not even like they're fighting us. There's not even government officials. If you think about it, everybody's wearing a mask, right? But nobody here or anywhere has seen a police officer or some sort of authority figure enforce a mask. So all the enforcement comes from citizens. So they've gotten the public to the point where we don't even need police officers to enforce these government directives anymore or these government well, ideas. Well, in, in Spain, it's a little different. In Spain, there was some three, four cases that people filmed from the windows of their home uh, with, uh, for example, two officers, uh, one a woman and another a man, uh, not forcing, arresting a young woman because uh, she didn't have a mask and they... Uh, you know, arrested with force and put inside the car and take it away. Yeah, but she probably was released to the next hour. So what I'm saying is it's not as, they can't enforce it on everybody. So it's very easy to go out and do one thing and have it filmed and everybody sees it and they put it on the news and everybody sees it and look how terrible this is. But it's another thing, whereas if everybody didn't wear masks, it's just like I showed everybody, I went to Monterey this weekend and there's a sign on the street that says, um, you know, no mask equals $100 minimum fine. And I said, oh, this is great. I was willing to take, I said, I want to see the $100 fine. You know, I just to be great. I just I didn't have a mask anyway. So I was like, I'm not going to wear a mask and I'll be, but the percentages of people with masks versus without was 80%, 20%. Right away when I saw that, I said, oh, there's nobody going to be enforcing this because you can't enforce it on 20. When you see downtown Monterey, California, or, you know, by the beach there where there's hundreds of people, well, they don't have enough, they don't have enough police to enforce 80%, 20%. There's just not enough physical people to do it. So you just knew right away, well, they're not enforcing this. But if it was 99% masks, 1% not masks, then I could see it being enforced. Because you yeah, have the so problem, Darren, is is that you know with so many people out of work, uh, there's lots of people they can hire now uh, that they can Jeez, it's like the you know make go out there. I know it's scary, isn't it? Right, they make go out there and enforce it. So in other words, they're just going to increase the military side of it or the oh, yeah. you know the police state. Uh, it's scary. It really is. That's why I think people need to fight back now. That's why people need to be uh, you know, against these things now, because the more and more that you let it go and the fewer and fewer there are people revolting or standing up against it, then the easier it will be for them to police it in some way eventually. You know, exactly. but we may be, are we too far past that point? I certainly hope not. But uh, like I said, there's just not a lot of people doing it. Luckily in Monterey, there was a lot of people riding bikes, um, walking, jogging with their dogs, uh, you know, a lot of people who just, and it was good because there wasn't even, it wasn't like they were wearing masks around their neck. It was people um, who just didn't have the mask on. So that makes me at least a little happy. But then again, like I said, there was some lady, I was coming down the stairs with my wife and I, and she had a mask on and like stopped in her tracks. And I was like, what's wrong with this lady? Go ahead, go ahead. And she's like, I'm not going to walk by you guys. You're not wearing masks. 
and it's just you know you just start to realize how they've turned this world upside down where as before you know it should be us healthy individuals steering clear of somebody with a mask because they may be sick in some way but now it's the opposite the picture of health is the person with the mask that's the that's the epitome of health and and selflessness whereas my wife and i are to be steered clear of because we're healthy yeah, no. you know the funny thing is, is they don't on the, oh, sorry i'm on my phone so i no, have a little delay uh, i was gonna make um, a comment on on the new job market right here uh, louise is on some list for for students like an uh, agency that gives odd jobs or you know jobs that come up and she saw in the list that they were recruiting just students to take blood from people for corona tests <laughs> so people with no qualification whatsoever people might be doing uh, any job so <laughs> who knows what bob was saying right there's all this money being pumped in for people to help with the effort of the of whatever they do. I, I had a friend whose mother was turned down for heart surgery because of Corona. <laughs> I was so pissed, I almost blew a nerve. I was like, I, or a vein on my neck. I was like, oh my God, I was so angry. Just even hearing it, the, the level of corruption is so bad now that I'm at the point where <laughs> I would rather do heart surgery on myself <laughs> than go to one of these godforsaken places. They, they've... <laughs> They've stolen everything from from people, and it's at the point where I don't want to give them energy or attention or watch the news or give them any part of my time. And I think what the world needs is some sort of positivity, because in the world's darkest hour, the army of light shines brightest. How is so, that going to come? I mean, if you watch the news right now, you know what the answer to the corona is. You know what the answer to all these problems will be? Vaccine. Well, that, but even more than that, Joe Biden. Joe Biden oh, will. He will <laughs> save <Creepy> you. <laughs> he will save you. Him and Kamala will be the answer. They will give you all the free stuff you ever wanted, and the country will go back to normal. Uh, it's so funny to hear him talk. They, they blame Trump for all the deaths due to coronavirus. So funny how backwards they have everything. It's just, it's his fault. Yeah, his, his fault, the coronavirus. That's, that is their master formula, and it has served them well. Yeah. Turn everything inside out, upside down, backwards. That is the satanic way, and it, it works. Let's face it. Yeah. You know what's so bizarre is that they don't even consumers don't even consider the possibility of a lie ever. No, no matter what it no matter what the subject is, they, they don't consider because if you really want to be selfless, right? Well, isn't the selfless thing to do to make sure that what you're being told is true? If you really yeah. love or care about right. people around you, you want to make sure that you're not the carrier of false information. Well, but that's what people aren't just looking for selfless things to do. They're looking for the easiest thing. That's what people, I mean, I, I forgot who told me a long time ago, but they said, you want to make money in this world, uh, do something that makes people's lives lazier, makes them lazier. And at first, I never really understood what they're talking about. But then when you look at it, you see things like DoorDash and the things that come out where uh, we'll deliver fast food to your home. Uh, these are the things that make money is you just need to make people's lives, make it easier for them to be lazier and lazier and lazier. And believing what you're told, believing what the news tells you is the easiest thing that there is. And to you want to be look important in the world. You want to seem you know put a mask on. It's very easy for people to do, and uh, wear a Black Lives Matter shirt. Very easy for people to do, and that's all they have to do. Believe the news, do those things, and you're accepted in society, and you are, quote unquote, woke. Now I can't believe they stole that. I was telling everybody yesterday I have to take the bumper sticker off my car that says woke because now they've stole that too. Yeah, that's pathetic. Wokeness is how. <sighs> All right. Well, I appreciate everybody. I mean, I don't think anybody else have anything else they want to do, present or there, talk about. There was one thing I sure. There was one thing. Now that I know that you guys can hear my audio, I kind of want to show you a clip. I was looking for the clip online. Have you ever seen the movie The Host? The Host? Nope. I the host. Haven't. It's a Korean. It's like a Korean sort of like a horror flick about this big fish dog monster thing that runs around and eats. Well, anyway, there's a really funny scene from it. I'm gonna have to share my screen. Okay. Can you see my screen? Not yet, but we will here in a second, I believe. Get to it. Am I sharing mine? Huh? 
I was just making sure I wasn't sharing my screen, but uh, we don't see yours yet. No, did I not share my screen? Hold on. You might need to start. Oh, no. start. Here it is. I see. Okay, share computer sound. Start sharing. Okay, I got it. Can you see it now? Yeah, yeah. we see it. We see it. Okay. All right. So there's this scene here where the so so basically the guy, his daughter is was eaten by the monster, but he found out that the monster actually regurgitates her and puts her into like the sore pipe. Um, um, and so, we may not want to show this. Uh, I would be very weary of copyright on this. Um, oh, I'll really? see if I can make it smaller. I mean, the problem, the thing is, is none of my videos come out monetizable anymore. So it doesn't Well, matter. I was thinking more along the lines of a straight up strike. strike. Uh, maybe make yeah. it that small right there. Is this fine? Yeah, try it. Uh, so right. this is a movie that's not in English? Yeah, it's not in English. This is just a clip. This is a scene. I don't think you get a stress factor just for a clip. Uh, and if you comment on top, yeah, uh, we'll comment. They on top. Don't. There's no audio. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. I'm just being mother handly. That's good. That's good. So, thank <laughs> you for looking out for me. Okay, here it is. Stop it. And make some comment over after five uh, seconds. Uh, yeah. Maybe pause it. <laughs> pause it for a second. Yeah, still alive. Pause it. She's still alive. <laughs> oh, wow. Is she really alive? Can you pause it? Yeah. Pause it for a second. Just give us a heads up of where we're at. We're commenting over it, but I, what is the scene? What, what is going on? We're a little lost. Uh, so, so basically, they're they're quarantining people okay. because of the, they thought that the big fish dog monster thing was, um, you know, like, let me see if I can find it. This, is things, this thing's really funny. It's, uh, there's a scene where it like runs out and like chases a whole big crowd of people and it's like this epic, epic scene. Yeah, there it is. Oh, oh, you guys see that thing? Yeah. And it's just like running around the park and like getting people. Well, anyway, so then there's this like, they, but there's like a dual thing in the, in the film where there's this, where they start spraying people. That's why this is so relevant. Okay. They start spraying people with this bio agent and then they say that people got sick and they say that there's this virus going around. So that what they do is after they see the monster, then they quarantine some people. And then this guy ends up getting stuck in the quarantine. And so then they start messing with them. And then this is a scene now, which is where this whole part starts, which I wanted to show you. Okay. Where one of the doctors interrupts when they're kind of like injecting them or bothering with stuff. And then he comes in to talk to them. Okay. So this is what, what I want to show you. So that's the context of the scene. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, you're like, we the yes, he says his daughter is in a sewer near one year brain. Oh, Jesus. Why didn't you contact the police or the military? Contacting a television station, human rights organization, something. Very sad. <laughs> the virus has definitely invaded his brain, just as we suspected. My <laughs> three. It's in the frontal lobe. Man has no previous history of mental disorder, and yet he shows such strong symptoms of dementia. Oh God. Yeah, but, but now he's obviously completely delusional. This man's brains are last hope. His brain? Yes. Oh God, now they're gonna bottomize him. Yeah. It has flew over to Cuckoo's nest. What? Part's so fun. Exactly. What are you talking about? You don't know about this? No, this is strictly confidential. You and my team, very few know what I'm going to tell you. My lips are sealed. The late Sergeant Donham, first one classified as a victim of the virus, was given an extensive autopsy, and no virus was found. 
He died of shock during the outbreak. Also, no traces of the virus were found in any of the patients quarantined. Simply put, so far, there's no virus whatsoever. <laughs> Imagine that. Virus <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this this kind of goes right along. I don't know if you guys have seen uh, Amanda Ballmer's uh, new video that she just released yesterday. Um, but basically what they found out is that the, uh, the gene sequence that they're looking for in the coronavirus is part of a normal human genome sequence, right? So in other words, everybody, 100% of everybody's going to test positive, you know, with this because it's a normal part of it. Did you guys see that at all by any chance? No, I haven't I seen it. I heard we talk about no. something similar before because of the spectrum, the idea that it was tuning for a spectrum that they were talking about, uh, Amanda and others, I think Steve. And yeah, they're looking for a specific sequence, which every human has, which is unbelievable. And they have, wow. they've busted this dead to rights. You guys have got to see this. It's, it's unbelievable. Actually, wasn't the creator of the PCR technique or some like Nobel Prize type person, even yeah. didn't they say that that can't be used for Corona? Yes, because exactly. Because it's, it's like a replication technique, right? So all they have to do is do it enough times to get the result that they want. Right. And it's just magnified more and more. But uh, absolutely. I think everybody has at some point, some like Bob said, I mean, at some point you're going to have what they're looking for. And you may not fall at the same time. Maybe that's why they're able to come up with some negative results. But um, it's not detecting COVID-19. Uh, it's the bombshell coronavirus. evidence that COVID RNA base bears this one, right? Yeah, that video. It makes even less sense because they're saying that viruses are basically invisible, you know? So how do you know then what the causal agent is? If somebody's sick, how do you know if it's a bacteria or if it's a poison or this alleged virus, quote unquote? You know what I mean? Because it it's so small, you'd need an electron microscope to see it. But then there's only like a handful of labs in the world that can do that. So how would they even... You know what I mean? How would they even verify how a virus works or how it? Oh, no labs ever pulled it out and you know, singled it out, yep. separated it. I just they dropped it in it. both chats, so everybody check this this video out. It's called "Bombshell Evidence." Uh, bombshell evidence that COVID RNA base pairs are identical to chromosome eight in human DNA. This is something that is absolutely mind blowing that that they pulled this off. Wow, I have not seen this yet. Check that. Yes, must watch everybody. Everybody in the audience, you must check this out. Spread it around, you know, get it out to everybody because they they will shut this down. I just dropped it in the uh, D Live chat as well for anybody looking for it there. Okay. Do you think they will shut this down, Bob? Or do you think this has the potential to bring them down? Uh, I think it, that's why they'll shut it down. Is it has the potential to bring them down? I mean, this is a dead to rights bust, Rodrigo. It, I mean, this is say good night. I mean, this puts it away. It's that devastating. Mm. And it's coming from doctors and, and... Yes, yes, but Amanda, our own Amanda Ballmer is the one that's presenting it, and it's devastating. Absolutely unreal. Well, that's why that, I don't think that PCR test should be used anyway. Nope. But we are not the almighty medical profession. Yep. Only they are They'll allowed to cure things and tell you what's yeah. going on. Exactly. They're going to take every advantage uh, they can. Uh, you know, ethical or not, they don't care. I mean, they are, guys, they're in this for all the marbles. This is end game. They are not jacking around um, and they are deadly serious about this and we have to be every bit as serious about it. Yeah, yeah that's why it's like getting off grid, arming yourself, being completely just self-sufficient and looking at them as predators, essentially. Like exactly. if you think of it from a term of nature, well, an animal, I mean, it's like 
Think about how animals run away from humans. Maybe there's a reason. <laughs> you know, they see us and they know that we're these apex predators. And so then why don't we treat each other the same? And not each other like the people that we love and care about, but obviously the weird strangers that we see on the news. And why don't we treat them the same as if that they're like some sort of predator? And, you know, the people who we know are good, they, you know, because you can see it in their heart by how they behave. Well, Triple R, I really appreciate you being on the show and bringing this stuff. And if you ever get another group of things you want to show, uh, you're welcome to come on anytime. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. There's, there's a, there was a few more things in my notes, but it was just uh, at some point you guys should cover Stan Meyer, the guy who did the water-powered car. Did you ever talk about him or no? Yeah, the guy who ended up disappearing. The, the carburetor, the one from, the one from Ohio who did a water-powered. He, he car. was poisoned, right? Drove around the country. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people who've done stuff like that. I didn't cover it, though, because hydrogen power is it's good, but some of the better technologies have been lost. We did cover Joseph Newman and his machine, which was remarkable. On Goldbusters. Stan Meyer was along the lines of, he was like Tesla level. This guy was pretty brilliant. But it, I think for cars and stuff, I think the best is biodiesel because it's the easiest transition. Because it's very hard for the government to make that illegal because it's very easy to convert a diesel car over to biodiesel. Like people who've converted their cars to run off French fry grease and stuff like that, they, they just get from fast food restaurants that they're just throwing it out. Um, so yeah, stuff like that's kind of cool. And then I had like in my notes as well, uh, electric cars and stuff, because that, that technology is getting really good now, especially some of the stuff you can find overseas and import. All I don't know how easy it is to register a car like that, which is why I was saying diesel is kind of like the life hack. That's the way to get in to the system. But other than that, yeah, I have some other stuff on the spreadsheet, which I'll share with you uh, after the show. I'm not quite ready to make such that that research um, uh, public yet because I'm not finished with it. Okay. So it's just sort of a work in progress. But I'll be finished with it soon, eventually when I have the time. And maybe I'll show you guys later when it when it's done. Yeah. Yeah, I think that um, maybe somebody else. Is Stan Meyer the one that you were, you're talking about that got poisoned at a restaurant or something? Yes, I hear yeah. that uh, yeah. you've story. I don't know if it's true, but I don't something happened to the guy, of course. Yeah, he like ran out of a yeah. restaurant or something. Yeah, and said and they poisoned fact, me and he died. Maybe it doesn't have anything to do with this, but um, for example, yeah. yesterday the uh, opposition in terms of the political party of Russia, the opposition of uh, Putin, uh, was uh, get poisoned. For example, yesterday in a restaurant. Right. And no, sorry, in a plane. Oh, in a plane. Uh, in the morning, in some hotel, and then in the plane, the plane must be landed. landing. Yeah. In, uh, yeah, in emergency to getting into the hospital. But what I mean is. They say old technique. Jean Paul the first, uh, the Pope is right. also being poisoned. I mean, it's one of the oldest and most uh, effective techniques to kill, you know, yeah. unusual people. And I was going to ask you, what do you well, think about what's going on with Steve Bannon? Well, Steve Bannon, at least uh, from what I read, which was very, you know, uh, small articles, um, it's just something uh, to do with uh, the construction of the wall mm -hmm. to separate the immigrations uh, from Mexico. And it was something like they, they, they asked for money and it was it, it was all a scam. Right. And some of uh, it was involved uh, a high rank general from the United States. And, you know, I don't know if maybe they want. For me, there is something strategy behind maybe of this, you know, I think for, thing. Sure. for example, the, the FBI official web page yesterday published the Zion protocols. It's not related with Tibano, but what I trying to uh, the, the own Donald Trump, uh, I don't know if right. one or two days ago was asked by QAnon and now all media is talking about QAnon and Donald Trump support this type of conspiracy theories and that is danger for democracy and blah, blah, blah. So I don't know, maybe they are just moving some of the pieces in the chess 
game, you know, mm -hmm. and maybe it's something because now Donald Trump is saying like uh, the last the last um, time that I speak with Steve Bannon was like three years ago when he was working in my campaign and I don't have anything to, to, to do with this guy and he trying to wash the hands like we right. say here in Argentina but I don't know exactly I, I know the thing that he made about you know a fraud uh, right. economic fraud but I don't know exactly what is behind yet yeah. I, I don't have the time to investigate it gotcha all right well we're almost four hours so we'll say our goodbyes again thank you triple R for being here um, oh. and you don't have a, a site or anywhere so can't really send people if they are interested just keep an eye on my channel maybe he'll come back and uh, do another yeah, well, show. I'll give you a I'll give you access to a site or some research later, perhaps when I okay. when I finish it. It's kind of like an end goal, but it probably won't be for a while, maybe in another year or something. Because I've I've got a lot of other projects I'm working on at the same time, you know. And I also run, you know, the factory as well. Yeah, that's actually a side project. Leave it on. Right. <laughs> All right. And uh, I guess we'll just go around, let everybody say their goodbyes and what's coming up. Uh, Bob, obviously we know what's coming up Sunday. Anything else going on? Um, nope, not a whole lot. Just. Uh... You know, bear with me, like I said, uh, until we get into the new house, I'm kind of limited on both bandwidth and computing power. I'll be operating from my laptop, which for the most part works pretty good, but I'm tethering off of my T-Mobile phone. So uh, yeah, it, it could be a little sketchy and you know, we'll work that out for Sunday show. And I think Jaren will probably wind up doing the main hosting on it and I'll, I'll be doing the, the talking hosting part, but we'll work it out and uh, we'll see everybody on Sunday where we will not be talking about coronavirus. There you go. There you go. So look forward to that. It's good to get back to the flat earth and the uh, you know, globe lie. So that'll be good. And Rodrigo, what's coming up for you? Um, <clears throat> just working, you know, um, finishing some papers now for, for my work on quality of life for the elders. Imagine now <laughs> what's going on. But <clears throat> and um, and space crack. That's that's the that's proof read, and I'm just finishing that. I'm ready to talk about it. Anytime. There's a lot on it, and and probably already have material for the next one. Uh, probably going to focus on, on some more film analysis that I've done uh, in the past and try to get that on paper. So that's kind of my focus uh, for for the next little while. I have a lot of work uh, on the side to, to keep things moving here in the house and quite busy. But again, thank you so much for having me. Looking forward to to Sunday and and uh, see see what kind of punishment we get if the if the Rona is mentioned. All right, sounds good. And then uh, Iru, what do you have coming up? Well, I'm trying to get used to the new home right. here in Switzerland, so uh, not much. Uh, I need to, you know, um, get in order the computer and uh, the files that I bring from Argentina and, and keep working. All right, sounds good. And yeah, you know, we talk about it all the time. If you want to support the show, please do so. Patreon.com slash Jaronism for me. Uh, I'm working on my website and probably be doing that, you know, especially when the baby comes, I'm going to take a little bit of time off, which I haven't done in five years and uh, fix Patreon, fix my website get all that set up so that um, you know all the TFR files are found there for patrons and get it kind of cleaned up and easier for people to access the shows that I've been doing. So that's coming up. Um, Patreon.com slash Nur para todos if you want to support Iru. Uh, Patreon.com slash Globusters if you want to support uh, Bob and Globusters. And Patreon.com slash Anthropology if you want to support everything Rodrigo's doing. So that's very easy. If you want to mail me anything, you can do so at my P.O. Box 3044 Merced, California 95344. Anybody else? Anything? Final words? Um, no. Just no. Thanks. It's a, it's an it's an honor, Jaron. Thank you. You're a great friend, and you're also an inspiration to me as well. And if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have known a lot of the stuff that I did about flat Earth as well um, when I was researching it. And you helped answer a lot of questions that I'm sure everybody had. So you just do great work, and it's always an honor to be on your show. And you're a great great host. Thanks. I love having you. So like I said, anytime. So that was Triple R Research Royal Rife. Check out his documentary. It's on my 
channel and I'll uh, put a link to it in the show notes as well as all the links that we talked about early on in the show. If you're also on the Globusters channel too, by the way, both, both of them. Sweet. Oh, they're also on Globusters, so you guys can check those out. All right. It's been fun. We will talk to you on Sunday, 12 noon Pacific, Globusters. Who are you going to call? And I remind you, do your own research because when you do, you'll never again believe what you've been taught. Till next time, this has been Jaronism. Peace. Peace.